0: Oh yeah. We went to like a mega church. Like I went to private school in a mega church. It's called living word in Minneapolis. And it's like, I mean, it was just like, it was part of that circuit. I've seen Kenneth Copeland multiple times. Like, (laughs) and so like my, my mom or my best friend who I mentioned passed away, her mom used to like, bribe us. like, I'll get you an iPad. If you go to the whole weekend of kenneth copeland this weekend
1: oh my god i'm
0: like like, all right let's do it you know what i mean like strap in like we're gonna we're gonna go and like watch the entire service and stuff
1: Everybody. We are back with another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. And it's December, dude. I just finished, right before I got on here, my final presentation for my last class. I, uh, I technically have one more assignment to do for this semester. Uh, it's not due for another like two weeks, and it's fairly simple. So as far as I'm concerned, I have finished school for the semester. So that's very exciting you, for me,
2: which you get like three days to uh, go to the dentist and, you know, like sign up for health care for next year and then you're back at it again.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. No, I, I actually get a good four. I get like four weeks between semesters right now. Um, so that's Ooh. great. And then uh, on top of the starting the new job thing, man, I will. I'm home earlier every day and I won't have anything to do after work for like four weeks. And for a little over a week of that, I won't be working at all because schools don't work between Christmas and New Year's. So, I am. um, What are you gonna do with yourself? I don't place. I'll catch up on some video games. I um, uh, I guess I'll put this out there. Uh, I so when my daughter was born, so my my daughter's seven, uh, and when she was born. I was still doing some gaming. I had a, a gaming PC that I, I had built in college and kind of like did some upgrades here and there so I could
2: keep playing. And Mostly Conkers or what?
1: It, it Well, it devolved into me playing exclusively a game that does not require a gaming PC, which was League of Legends. And uh, I play that a lot. I regularly got four hours of sleep a night before driving an hour and 15 minutes to Boston for work. Because I had a problem. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm not playing this. thing. I'll just, I give up on this. Um, having a kid, not getting already, now I'm getting worse sleep. I was just like, I can't fucking keep going with this. And I kind of just, I didn't quit. Like I wasn't like, I have a problem. I quit. But I just kind of just realized I was too tired. And I slowly fizzled out on it. And, and then I did. So I haven't played it in like five Probably almost six years, probably, but I uh redownloaded it uh, a couple weeks ago and have already stayed up too late playing it many nights. So, <laughs> I apparently I still like doing I'll the same. Start. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. So, I will be doing that over break. Uh, I also don't have anyone to play with, uh, really. I, I think I've convinced my siblings and a friend to maybe get back into it. But if anyone's listening, they want to DM me, I'm looking for some buddies. <laughs>
2: i guess that's uh that's not the worst uh way to spend your time in the world just thinking like you've never had free time before so who knows what could happen like you could just tumble into a heroin addiction and gain 40 pounds (laughs) it's like ah he had a couple nights off didn't know what to do with himself
1: (laughs) i know my kids like mostly are asleep by like a reasonable hour now and my wife and i well she likes to go to bed early man like I'll we'll go to bed eight thirty if she could so there's a lot of nights if it's not the weekend like weekdays you know week if it's like a weekend and she's gonna stay up later like we'll do shit together but a lot of times by eight thirty she's like I'm going to bed so I just do whatever I want from like eight thirty to eleven thirty and then go to bed so pretty uh simple living these days man <laughs> but the work okay so but job updates uh after so I had my first at last week um ended my first full week. Uh and then I had only worked 2 days before that because we got into Thanksgiving break and the Friday of my last full day of work I woke up and just kind of like sat on the edge of my bed for a minute and thought holy shit this is what it's like to like your job. I've been unhappy at work for Eleven since starting my career, essentially. I like each time I'm like, oh, this will be the next step in that career, and then I'm like, well, I kind of like don't love this. How, how do I get a, a better job doing something similar? And I just kept trying to do that before realizing I hated it enough to go back to school. And then of course you're like, is all this going to be worth it? Am I making an even bigger mistake? Uh, and i, I it, it's still early on, but I, I remember how I felt my first week at my last job and was like, Oof, okay, well, I guess this is what I do now. Uh, and now I just feel fucking great. I love it. Uh, it's only like it's kindergarten, first grade. The kids are uh, have a that's a tough area. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, like you're the kids are great and then you stopped yourself and you're like know, they, they are but it's just the like kids are there they're mostly alive it, it's what's crazy
1: about kids uh so like kids who have like real trauma in their life you know when they're young it, it 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 comes up in strange ways it's like not strange but it's just like they'll be fine and then something makes them upset and then that kind of triggers them and they like manifest some crazy behaviors but like when kids get older and and they haven't ever really received any help um and they're just like a lot of times they can just be quote-unquote bad a lot they they're just constantly disruptive when at this age it's like there's no one's like constantly disruptive it's just like regular normal five and six year old behavior and then like uh you know uh, someone like tries to throw paper in a waste basket and it bumps them in the head, so they start flipping desks over, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like this is uh, an extreme reaction to not a real problem. So it's definitely like eye opening. uh, But man, it's like uh to leave work and feel good about what I do and actively like it and look forward to doing it again the next day is a feeling I actually think I didn't. Th- think I'd ever have uh now that I have it so fucking feeling great You yeah I,
2: I think it's awesome I mean it's the amount of people who hate their job and <laughs> you know like it's it's one thing to like hate your job and just go I'm gonna find a new job like that's a that's a big step that's a big step that's hard to make and it's disruptive to your normal life like especially if you think of your time as like okay, I go to this job that I hate. I'm there for nine hours and then I have me time, which I can do what I want, right? And then sometimes that's filled up with family and stuff like that. Like it's hard to take those few hours that are yours and say, I'm going to dedicate this time towards making a change for this nine hour block of my day. Like it costs, it costs a lot, you know, in terms of time and effort and, and stress and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's cool that you invested that time into something and, and you managed to, I mean, you not only did it, you did it in like way less time than I, th-
3: yeah. <laughs> than I thought you well, would.
2: <laughs> And
1: I think that's why I think what you're talking about is why I did like, I was peaking dude. I was just like doing my shit, being frustrated at my job, coming back, like s- scrambling to try to like, I don't know, somehow f- feed my children before bedtime and then like feeling it's like oh my god i don't really have time to stop at the storm way home because it's already fucking 5 30 like i don't know it was just like doing and then putting getting the kids to bed my wife was involved in all of this i make it sound like i'm doing everything and it's not true but um uh, but like it's still a scramble and it's still busy so like by the time they're in bed it's like all right now i'm gonna do homework for a few hours and I just peaked at some point. I was just like, I can't do this. I'm going, I'm going to snap or I'm going to quit or something. So that's when I emailed one of my professors and was like, what the fuck do I do in this situation? Like, how do I get a job at a school? Because I think I can't keep doing this the way that I am. And she like, just kind of got the ball rolling on that with a glowing letter of recommendation that was like, Oh, that was like, I, whew. I got teared up when I read it. I was like, I, no one, that's like the nicest shit anyone's ever said about me. It felt so good. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, a couple of schools read that and were like, well, you don't really have any experience and you don't really have a lot of schooling under your belt, but this looks pretty good. So <laughs> I guess we'll, uh, give you a, take a shot on you. Uh, it helps that I went to a district that was hemorrhaging people that's in receivership and that can't, it's like, it's been like a revolving door for the past couple of years of people working there and being like, yeah, fuck this. This is too much. I want to teach a classroom, not like barely manage one because kids are going off like every, like kids are just getting set off for crazy reasons. So it's, it's a tough district. I mean, if you want to be a teacher uh, and you want to like actually like teach a classroom, it can be very challenging because they, it gets consistently derailed. So, they definitely have had like a revolving door of, of people. There's a lot of people who are there under, who have been there two years or less. Um, so that's, that's wild for a school.
2: Uh, I'm excited for you to start doling out punishments. Like at what point <laughs> are you going to make a kid eat a whole chocolate cake in front of the student body? You know,
1: we're, um we're a big fan of uh chubby bunny uh you know (laughs) making kids do that making them do like dumb youth group games that
2: they don't want to do just making them play chubby bunny until the corners of their mouths bleed yeah (laughs) (laughs) you thought this was gonna be fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's awesome
2: man i'm happy for you
1: well thanks so uh i think you know we don't I know we're going to make this one a little quick tonight, uh, but I think there's something that we do need to discuss and that's just how much better Twitter's been the past couple weeks, you know, <laughs> it's been awesome. Some great people are back on it. I just, you know, I love, um, I just love the emphasis on free speech that the, that organization has, you know, and, oh, uh, and then, you know, they got rid of Kanye because uh, some personal beef between him and Elon. That's my new favorite thing about Twitter is like Elon's like, we're going to have a real review board for this shit. This banning people for frivolous reasons, nonsense is out. And then someone's like, Elon's got a small penis. And he's like, banned. And then it's like, Kanye's like, Elon's half Chinese. And he's like, banned. And it's like, what the fuck? It's like everything that makes him upset. He just bans it. And then it's like, there's no review board. I was making the whole thing up.
2: Yeah, I, I think, uh, man, it was like Eric Weinstein or somebody had a tweet that was like, you know, if you're going to like something about chasing free speech absolutism and see where it gets you, you know, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a mess, uh, dude, I, <laughs> I, I I'm no, I'm really not invested in Kanye before all of this stuff happened. I, I kind of yeah. never liked him and feel like he's gotten a pass on really awful things that he's said and done in the past that kind of made me scratch my head. But I mean, whatever. I think uh I know, dude, when he when he popped up on Alex Jones saying yes, he loved dude. Nazis,
3: <laughs> he goes
2: like
1: <laughs> I wonder if this will get like some sort of like banner put on the episode, but uh kind he goes <laughs> Alex Jones tries to give him an out and he cuts him off. He's like No, no, no. I love
2: Hitler.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ,
2: dude.
3: (laughs) I've never seen Alex
2: Jones that uncomfortable.
1: I know. It it was was kind of,
2: it was great. It was funny to watch because he's just like giggling nervously and he tried so hard to like give him an out. So
1: hard. He, every
2: time it was all like, well, you're not really. That's what
1: you're saying is. And it's like, well, and when you say Nazi, you mean like how the woke left is trying to uh, cancel everyone and they're all authoritarian. And if you don't believe what they do, then, that you know, that like that kind of Nazi He's like, no, I love Hitler.
3: <laughs> 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 it, it's- oh, my
2: God. I don't know I he's like so clearly in like just this weird manic state and he's just yeah he's set up for like this monumental explosion because I mean he's been told he's like a genius and like changing the world with his with his output for forever and like now I mean he's I don't know it's kind of it's like some of it's funny Some of it's, like, kind of sad to see all these, like, loser grifters just use him. You know, like, Like, Milo Yiannopoulos.
1: Milo's gone. Kanye just booted Milo, like, yesterday.
2: Nick Fuentes is such a loser. Like, he's... (laughs) I think think part of what's annoying to me about this whole thing is, like, treating... I feel like it's so ridiculous to treat some of these people as like serious players. And Nick Funnis is one thing because he probably has like a whole bunch of neo-Nazi followers that are terrible people that fantasize about doing something terrible. But like, I don't don't even know how to say it, but like they keep, keep treating Kanye as if like what he's saying is impactful and it's doing it's it's a joke at this it's just a joke at this point
1: yeah i'm not quite sure what the impact is like it felt like when you know trump was doing some dog whistly shit and everyone's like he's here for us he's representing us and the struggle of and plight of the white man you're like you saw him rile that up but i'm not sure that i'm not sure that kanye's doing the same thing i don't think he's riling up the same people
2: he doesn't have a following amongst that that group of people. Yeah, that well, doesn't mean they don't use, use him. And, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I, they I don't know. This. I just you see, see the
1: way he uses it. He's like, he's using that. Like It's like Kanye aligned himself with a self-avowed white supremacist. And you're like, I don't know. Like It's weird. Usually people like, like Nick are like, uh, make these alignment so they can be like see i'm not racist and he's like no i'm i'm pretty racist uh this is for me i'm doing this for me (laughs) he's like jeez it's like so such like
2: a uh, like you remember everybody knew the kids back in like junior high and high school there was like the the redneck kid that was really i mean tucked his jeans into his boots and like made a big (laughs) he was country or whatever and and he'd be the guy that was like, you know, what we need to do is just go over there and set up a, a stockade and hang all these terrorists in the street. Really show them what's, you know, show them what it is. Go stop going so easy on them and stuff like I feel like Nick Fuentes is just like a, a person like that that never grew out of that like junior higher edgelord phase and has somehow managed to build himself a platform out of it.
1: Yeah, maybe it's because I don't. I don't really know how he did. Maybe it's because of his overt and unapologetic racism. Uh, for some, hey, I, I'm guessing he's never really even been he's a, he's a troll quote, platform. But dude, I watched some clips of him. Uh, yeah, he's a troll, but he's also like more than a troll. He like, like the things. I was like, I I knew about him. I knew like a quote here or there, but like watching clips, like couple a few minutes long like clips of like the things that he would say you're just like jesus christ it sounds uh, like yeah it sounds awful. like this is out of the fucking 40s like it sounds like you just like someone just told you that someone's thinking about freeing black people like during this times of slavery and you were like a plantation owner and like you were, that was your response it was that bad. You're like, holy shit, dude, you're really like rotten to the core. And it's so wild to think of like, and and it's funny. Cause uh, after the whole uh Alex Jones interview, Nick Fuentes goes on his like show or whatever. And is like, it, it's so annoying. I mean, the liberal media, the everyone's just focusing on the, the couple things you said about Hitler, you know, that's all that's all anyone's focusing on but they don't want to talk about any other things he said about like the economy you know it's like yeah i don't know hitler generally takes the cake in all conversations if someone brings him up in support of him it's like no one's gonna focus on anything else and yeah
2: i mean people discuss- are tuning in to hear like hot takes about nazis like nobody's like i wonder what kanye thinks we should do about the economy
1: yeah or if like if any like Democratic candidate uh, endorsed someone that was like a full blown authoritarian, or someone that like was clearly reviled somebody who is like party. we
2: should cancel the Constitution, yeah, to uh you know fight the fraud in this election,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you could just see like the, the response, and no, it, it, no one would be like they're only focusing on that. Yeah, you should be because you only focus on the things that are focus worthy. Sorry, Kanye didn't bring any revolutionary ideas about how to build a new economy. I'm sure they'll be less inspiring than Donda was.
2: (laughs) You know, I think like the Lex Friedman interview that he did was I didn't watch the whole thing because I just can't take Kanye for that long. I couldn't take him for that long back when he when like Rogan had him on. Yeah, I tried listening to it. and It's just nonsense. And like stream of conscious, it doesn't all it
1: doesn't make sense. He jumps all over the place. It's it's a lot to to try to like. It's honestly, uh, it's like trying to follow the thoughts of some of the five and six year olds that I'm doing counseling with. It's.
2: (laughs) I think like the Lex Friedman interview was like valuable in some way because he actually had like a decent conversation with him and teased out some ideas and stuff with you know they really showed who he was behind all the stunts and stuff like you got to kind of see like okay this is what's going on here he's having a manic episode he's bitter and angry and this and that and the other i mean i i after like getting kicked off twitter and everything that's happened like of course alex jones is gonna have anybody who has him on their show from here on out. Yeah. Is clearly just trying to like cash in yeah. on his like clout while he's literally having a mental breakdown on their show. Yeah. So, it's like, pretty, whoever's next, up. like, it's just, it's gross at this point. Like, just let him be. He's going to come down off of the. I, I think when he comes down, he's going to be like in, he's going to pose a real danger to himself.
1: Yeah. If, um, I mean this does seem to it's it's so weird honestly to hear everyone talking about an individual's mental health like this like well he's clearly having a manic it's like it seems to be but he's been riding this stride for quite some time um I'm just not or some people I don't know sometimes people will say like say it in a way that dismisses his like his rhetoric or his beliefs it's like I when he I Look, if he comes down off of this, uh, I think he's still going to believe the same things that he believes. This dude went down the, yeah. the wrong 4chan rabbit hole and came out with some like, like Hitler invented highways in the microphone. It's like, dude, like you're not you're not grounded in reality. You 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 just read something and you go, I believe that I read that. I believe that I'll take it. And then you just keep going down that rabbit hole. So then anything that goes against the first thing you read, if it's the first thing he read, he believes it. Anything that goes against it is over. So like, he's just in this like weird space of like, yeah, maybe his mental health is what allowed him to just like go down that rabbit hole. But I, I know a lot of people who aren't bipolar that are on essentially the same page as Kanye until the Hitler stuff. That's where like, I know people would jump off, but I would say right up until all the Hitler shit, I could think of a handful of people that would have, if they didn't believe all the same things he did, have just as outrageous and asinine opinions about things that they know nothing about. And the only difference is they didn't have like a platform to, to, uh, they didn't have a a platform to communicate those ideas. So I don't know, like to, to all the focus of like every news Media outlet on his like mental health. It's like, so I, it's also weird the complete admission that you're covering a story and profiting off of a dude's mental collapse. uh Like even covering stories. I mean, we're doing that right now. I mean, we're, but, but here's the thing: not profiting off of it. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> not, not profiting. No, off no. Of it. Um, just, just for just for uh, giggles. But when you see like when it's used as like you know clickbait, uh, when it's used as like little snippets to get you to ch- chime in the the six o'clock news, it's just like it's played out. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe when he comes down off of this, it'll get some. It'll
2: get pretty fucking dark for him. But I don't know. The mental I, breakdown does not account for like his viewpoint at all. Like right. the mental breakdown is the part of like him just like like going on this rocket fueled tour of the worst people in America, just literally like grinding his career into dust is obviously like his career his music and all that stuff is important to him. And that's what's that's what's strange and and seems manic about the whole thing is just like he's just trashing all of that to get his dumb ideas out there. I think his dumb ideas partly come from the fact that like he surrounded himself with yes men for decades and <laughs> that's just not a good formula for anybody.
1: It kind of, I mean, that's kind of like the Trumpian thing. To, you can see that with a lot of these like narcissist types. Oh, um, yeah. It,
2: like it's it's exactly that. It's, you know, the night before the election, having closed door meetings with Michael and Dell in the Oval Office. It, yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes who want to slob your knob in the Oval Office or try to just uh, get any sort of cash out of it. That's what's crazy too. Like you'd think some of these people would be on, a little bit more on guard. Cause you do see like the really wealthy people that become immediately distrusting of everyone. Cause they're like, they just want me for my money. It's like, that's a much better way to live your life than like the, they love me for who I am. It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't. <laughs> it's
2: more cynical, but it also is more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. you want to hear about a guy that I saw this week? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Do you guys have Dunham Sports there? Uh, no is is
1: that a chain like a large chain like a Dick's Sporting Goods? Do you have Dick's Sporting? Dick's Everyone large. has Dick's sporting goods.
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's that large, but Dunham's is like the uh, like if if Cabela's is like In and Out, Dunham's is Burger King. It's like the the big lots of sporting goods. It's a terrible okay. place.
1: So it looks but, like it's constantly going out of business,
2: yeah, and it's one of those places that like every item has like a red sticker <laughs> that says like now, blah blah, blah, it's like everyday low price, but it's always framed as like they're having a sale, yeah, okay I, I really hate it, I <laughs> hate it a lot, like a job
1: I mean or yeah, it sounds uh or Kmart or Kmarts don't exist around here anymore i It's hard to know which ones exist uh, national
2: I don't know if there's any Kmart's left. I imagine there's probably a few like like uh, franchise homesteaded stores that were partially (laughs) privately owned or something. But yeah, so I was in a Dunham this week because I don't know. I I hate myself. You need new fishing lures for your little river scum fish. Right. I was uh, I was Christmas shopping. And so I was like in it and they have like a sporting section, like a hunting section, shooting section stuff. And I was kind of over there and I I kept hearing this noise that I could not place like what it was. And I had headphones in and I, I could still hear it, but it was just kind of like this, uh, 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 like this <laughs> weird rhythmic. It was like on a, on time. And I thought it must be like a furnace or something that was running and had a sc- like a, a rumble or something like that in it. And I, I, I kept hearing it. So I took my headphones out and I'm like, "That's that sounds like a person. And I'm looking around and stuff. And uh, did you see the, uh, like the Dennis the Menace movie back in the day? Uh, yeah. It, I don't recall a lot of it, but I definitely watched it. You remember Christopher Lloyd in that movie? Yeah. Bad yeah. Guy? Yep. So Christopher Lloyd from Dennis the Menace was like walking around in like, I don't know. Elmer Fudd clothes. <laughs> Did he have <laughs> a double barrel shotgun on him? Not yet. <laughs> he, made, he might've bought one, but I was, <laughs> well, I was there, but I, I could see him like kind of He had long scraggly hair. I mean, he literally looked like Christopher Lloyd and he's just like making this noise, just like, uh, 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 and he's like leaning on the gun Yikes. counter and he would just like take a few steps and oh, stop God. and stare. He was
1: jerking off to guns.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he was. <laughs> 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 and I was like I needed to like get into the aisle where or the I was in the the aisle next to him to pick something up and he like came into the aisle and he's just like I'm trying not to like look at him and he's like getting closer and just yeah, rumbling like someone
1: who's trying to hands-free jack
2: over a glass gun case. <laughs> It was like, uh, it was like bird box or something is like, just don't move or make noise. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he, uh, he picked up some things and then he put them down in the wrong spot. And, uh, eventually, I don't know where he got him. (laughs) I'm sure he shoplifted something. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he seemed to be a big firearms enthusiast and uh bought some ammo while he was there but i was just like oh good for him god can you just like turn like they all have that every business has that sticker on the front that's like we were reserved the right to refuse service to anyone
1: yeah they never like employ a...
2: that when they need employ that when they need to i feel like you should be a little more trigger happy with that <laughs> if you're running like a gun shop or something yep you don't need ammo what do you need to... you don't need this
1: dude the older i get uh the more i realized like i meet people and they could even be around my age and you talk to them for like 5 10 15 seconds real quick interaction and you know they're not listening to you they're just saying stuff and talking and you're trying to have a conversation and oh, it's my not favorite working. type of people and and you know immediately you're like oh my god i always wondered who the people were like when you see these older people who are just in their own world uh, and you're like, how did you get like that? And now I meet them in my 30s, and I'm just like, oh, I know what kind of old person you're going to be. <laughs> so that's who turns into that. Like, I don't know what they were like when they were in their 20s, and I can't quite figure out what that like, what that shift is when you realize the kind of person they're going to be when they're old, and and you don't like it. you just they're like, the person
2: that's telling you something and and you're trying to be like you don't really want to talk to them, but you're trying to be polite and so you like chip something in and you're like oh yeah that's funny i had something exactly like that happen and then they just keep talking as if they you never said anything
1: that's exactly it and they have it's just it's stories you don't care about it's about their their truck or uh, usually about problems i feel like they're just like tell you about like I and mean, my car broke down and then, you know, then I had to get, I and mean, it cost a lot to get fixed. And, I, and then the insurance company wanted to fight me on, oh, I tried to get a rental insurance company was, oh, uh, fought me about how many days I could have it for. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you try to like it, join in and they just, they don't, they don't stop to hear you. It's exactly that. And it's complaining and it's rambling. And you're like, did you have to not have friends for 10 years and then like <laughs> suddenly be dropped back into the real fucking world? How? Because everyone I knew in high school, everyone I'm friends with still from that time, all turned into regular people. Like, I don't know who these anomalies are that just have
2: NPC kind of personalities. I don't know where they developed. Rednecks are like that. Okay. Like, rednecks stand in a circle and wait to talk.
1: What are they like? like you don't together? hear a word like that hear- anyone
2: says, they just like wait for their turn to talk about themselves. And it's the worst. It's the you. You'll go to a party like that sometimes where you're like you're trying to listen and and you know engage with people, and you could just tell it's it's like a volley like when you used to like pass the volleyball in a circle. Yeah, you know, or bump it in. What do they call it? Pass? I don't know. But yeah, it's like whoever's got the volleyball gets to talk about themselves for like a minute and a half as if no one else exists, (laughs) and then you have to wait your turn again.
1: It's just weird because even you think about people like that becoming friends with people like that, and they just sit around in a circle and do that, and then they leave and go home. They're like, "That was really fun hanging out with people." Was it though? Yeah, that was hate that that's not that's not a relationship. You don't have relationships with people.
2: No, that's and that's something I try to like. I catch myself doing that sometimes, and I try to like be cognizant of it as much as I can. Like, yeah, like you go, oh, I should ask a question.
3: Like, yeah, this is like, the
1: time where I ask a question. Oh, and what about you? And then you're like, OK, now I'm a normal person again. I didn't fuck
2: that up too bad. Think about like think about two people that, you know, that you really like and you really enjoy their company. And I guarantee you that they're the people that ask questions about you and they listen to you.
1: They, they listen. They ask a question and they look at you and they nod their head and they seem like they give
2: a fuck. I like them. Let's let's all be. (laughs) Let's let's all try to be those people tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, on that note, we can introduce our guest this week is uh, Tori Johnson, uh, also known as Uncle T. She is a musician out of Philly. Uh, Well, she's in Philly now. Uh, Before that, she was in uh, it was Minnesota, right?
2: yes yeah okay yeah Um, minneapolis region or something like that yeah minneapolis that's
1: what it was uh so she also has a uh business called side hustle salt uh she'll kind of break that down a little bit we talk about her music uh and and of course her life uh growing up as a young christian gal who happened to be a twin who had some fun stories along the way so it was uh some
2: wild story oh yeah And she kind of casually mentions a couple of things throughout the the episode that are that are wild. I mean, like not casually, but she got in a really horrific car wreck, like fatal car wreck with some teenagers on her way to a church camp. And it's I mean, it's it's a life changing story. But it's just like she has a few of those kinds of things that were, you know, and she's just like, uh, She's a very, um, just kind of relaxed, measured person. And, uh, I don't know, just a lot of fun to talk to. It seems like, uh, just like she would just be a blast to be around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hopefully our paths cross in real life sometime. I do want to get out to Philly. Uh, I haven't been there. I feel like I went there once, uh, like passing through, but it seems like a cool city. It also seems like people who live there say it's not, but, it's something that people <laughs> visit so i don't know if i'm ever in the area i'll be hitting her up for sure yeah definitely and a fun if i uh... would uh had a great conversation we even jump into a, a fun a conversation about remembering particular faith healings and then how how we uh look back on them now in light of not necessarily feeling like we can believe in that anymore so it was great Tory was great uncle t If you will uh, check her out on YouTube and enjoy. Oh, and
2: you Casey do tell people
1: what to do. Tell people to join our discord. And Uh, if you like
2: the show, (laughs) leave us a rating where you listen to it. If you want to join in on the discussion, uh, you can do so on our discord Just message us on on Instagram. We'll send you a a fresh link warm out of the oven.
1: Yeah, we keep them fresh. We don't stale links. No good. Keep them fresh. Keep them warm. Just for Links you.
2: are like Popeye's fries. Laid like they're to either fresh and warm or they're throwaway. Yeah. So enjoy our conversation with Uncle T Hey
1: everybody. We are back with another app. Ep- no, why did I say that? We're back with our guest. God. <laughs> We're back with our guest, Tori. What's up? We can edit that or leave it the way it is. I, I think sounded we got our crossed. Perfect. <laughs> Tori, what's going on?
0: What's up, you guys? i don't know i'm i'm just sitting at home i was preparing to be on a podcast all day i didn't know what that meant so i just i cleaned my house i don't know i was like
1: <laughs> yeah well we actually have cameras throughout your whole house now yeah so they're gonna be like to how that.
0: dirty like is this space that she's in you know i needed to carefully you know be like m- make sure i don't have like anything or you know suspicious land.
1: yeah <laughs> we hired a private investigator to
0: I mean, that seems legit. So. You really gotta vet people these
1: days. Yeah, exactly. You know, we were like, pretty much for anyone who's listening, uh, if you reach out at all to us ever, we uh, hire a private investigator to really dig into your life. So, just keep <laughs> in that. Today's in today's world,
0: it just makes sense. It just
1: does. It just <laughs> it does. does. A lot of you are weird. I'll I'll just leave it at that.
0: Internet,
1: yeah. Where's uh, where's home, Tori?
0: Uh well, that's a good question. I currently live in Philadelphia. Okay. I've lived here for like a, like a little over a year. I'm originally from the Midwest, so I grew up mostly in Minnesota. I was born in Colorado, blah, blah, blah. I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Minnesota. And uh, it's kind of like I've lived a, away a couple different times. I've lived in other places for like less time than this. So this is the longest I've lived away from like the coldest place on Earth, essentially.
1: <laughs> coldest place on Earth. Minnesota is brutal.
0: Too that we have that rap, you know, and it's a true. It's true. It's for a reason. It's so fucking cold there. And it's like honestly, everyone thinks Philly is cold, but it's like borderline tropical here to me. Like it's just <laughs> so warm. It doesn't ever get is, below zero. I'm like, I don't that, even have a real coat here. Like,
1: is that people in Philly complaining about Philly oh, being yeah, cold? People in okay. Philly, I mean, That's it's silent. all
0: relative. I mean, people in New Orleans think their winter is cold, you know. So. Or whatever, yeah. it's just People classic. in Florida
1: think their winter is cold when it's forty-five degrees. So it's, yeah, so it's
0: all relative. But no, but Philly's cool. It's I definitely. I was telling my girlfriend I don't want to live here forever. That's for sure. Like I'm like there's certain things about Philly. I'm like, oh, I am. This this city makes me tired, man. But uh
2: <laughs> I lived outside of Philly for a short period of time. Oh, you did in this town called Birdsboro. It was it's, It was a toilet. It's right. It was a terrible place. <laughs> but Philly was, it, like, was fun. Country,
0: Like, or how far away was it from the city?
2: Yeah, it was like, okay, King of Prussia.
0: Oh, okay. That's like and where the malls people, like, are. I've never even been out there. I don't even have a car out here.
2: It's enormous. You know, the thing with like big malls when people start talking about them is like, oh, yeah, it sounds kind of interesting. And then you get there and it's like, well, I didn't realize I was going to be looking at three American Eagles, like Dude. three Victoria Secrets. Like it's not that interesting once you get in there and start walking around.
0: No, A thousand percent over it's mall. All the same yeah. stores.
1: Just well, you know, Minnesota has
0: the biggest mall in the country. That's like our people like travel to go to the Mall of America. It's the wildest thing it. to me. Like I just can't. Like other in. attractions at it. There's like a there's a roller a whole theme park inside. Yeah, so there's yeah. like roller coasters and shit, oh, wow. and like it's cool. Yeah, you live in Indiana and like you're going out of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like going to the big city.
1: And you get like tickets to go to the mall.
0: Oh, yeah. It's exactly like a regular theme park. Like it's like they you just
1: know. also put places in there to spend even more money it's that you would capitalism normally go to for free.
0: Fucking finest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> capitalism inception, really.
0: You can pay for anything there, you know, just <laughs> they even have services, movie theater, whatever. There's It's the worst place on earth.
2: It is weird when you talk to people that like, like Midwestern people, especially, and they will like take a vacation to go to a place like Mall of America. Can you
0: imagine like what it's like, I feel like that about Vegas. I feel like Vegas is like a if a city was an airport or if an airport was a city, like why would I want to spend money to like go sit at like a basically like the DMV mall (laughs) all weekend, you know, just horrible. Like I just would rather have a little nature. Yeah, I like souvenir
2: like... keychain enthusiast. Okay, sure. Vegas. Well, uh, yeah, but... I mean,
0: if you, need to, if you need to collect something that only you can get in that city, then okay.
2: Like, what'd you do on vacation? like, well, uh, one day we went to Rainforest Cafe and it was oh, awesome.
0: My childhood.
2: <laughs> and the next day they went to a Hard Rock Cafe.
0: Oh, the the fun goes on.
1: <laughs> I only okay. went to a Hard Rock Cafe once and it was like, why is this a thing?
0: There's not that's, even a hard that's rock a plan. Spot. That's the crazy part. It's not even any hard rock plan. No,
1: it's like pop. pop. Oh God, I hate the
0: hard record. <laughs> I went to one in Guatemala that was like very similar to like all the other ones I'd ever been to. It was very shocking consistency amongst the brand there.
1: Guatemala? Were you on a missions trip?
0: I was not, but don't get me started on that.
1: <laughs> I oh, I, I
2: will get you started <laughs> on that.
0: So my parents <laughs> sent me to Africa for a month in the ninth grade, and it's wow. like. And I like lived in the woods, like not the woods. There was no trees around. I lived in the desert in Botswana, like literally for three weeks. And um, like I remember, I raised like four thousand dollars. You know, like everyone's like donating money for me to go out there. It was like one of the. It was like I think it was like teen missions or something like that. Out of ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. My yeah. wife did teen missions. Yeah, I was very popular. We went to like Garden Valley, Texas, and did like boot camp. You know, and then we oh, fly yeah. across the country, and like my sister went to Thailand at the same time, my twin, and then we both like went on mission trips separately. And Botswana was crazy; like we went to like towns where they only spoke in like click languages, and like we were like we drove like twelve hours in the middle of Botswana, and uh, our our we had like an actual safari bus that broke down on the side of the road, like in the middle of Africa, like oh my god, in the nighttime, and we were stranded outside in the desert where there was like actually like like the number one reason people passed away in the town that we were in was because of elephant stampedes. I was Shut like, hey, up. Hey, no hey. way. No, I am not <laughs> kidding. You. I am not kidding. You. That's
1: fucking crazy. And at
0: one time we accidentally put like the wrong kind of fuel in our safari truck. Cause we we're supposed to have like diesel or otherwise. And like we put in the wrong one and we we're <laughs> staying on the side of the, we're stranded in this village for like hours. I'm thinking like, man, my parents had like, just like, I don't know. I'm like, I have cats and I get so worried about them escaping. Like, I just feel like I would never send my fucking child across the country like that, like across the world. I mean, That's was,
1: a big one. That's yeah. a big trip. That's not like going to like, no. Mexico what, for I'm like week.
0: embarrassed about it because it's like, it, on one hand, it's like the coolest thing ever. I got to see like Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, which is like, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's a mile wide waterfall. It's amazing. But it's just like the context in which I saw it and the lens through which I saw it was just so tainted that I just like... It almost like it didn't happen. And it's like I almost feel like we did one of those things where we would like go around people's tents, have them repeat after us. And then we would like, be like, okay, check. And then no, what? 89 people today. And we're like, whoa, let's like have a goat about it. Just crazy.
1: They didn't, and they didn't speak English and you were just having them repeat you after had an you interpreter. Okay. Go
0: around and basically we, think about it. We were like aliens to them. So that'd like be one hell of a cheat cameras. code. We would like take pictures of the kids and then show them a picture of themselves that we just took. They'd never seen any of that. We were the first white people that some of the kids had ever seen. So it was Most like, of- it's like an, it's a, what kind of experience is that? Like, and they, they were like, yeah, I'll repeat what these crazy people are saying. Like they're and we gave them a bunch of stuff. Not to mention I was there for an operation Christmas child.
1: Oh, wow. Like I actually just saw someone talking about that the other day.
0: That was one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen. They're like,
1: what the fuck is Christmas?
0: It was like all the kids wanted to take everything from the other kids. And there was no, it was not peaceful. It was like doggy dog. It was so ridiculous. And that's just like, of course, obviously we could talk for hours about better ways to utilize funds to help people that are impoverished in other countries. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just like, but they know, like you said, they don't know what Christmas is. They're not thinking like, God, I wish... I know it's December twenty fifth. Like I don't even get a president. Like that's the last thing that.
1: <laughs> it's so wild to think that, hey, like, no. an
2: organization you could send four thousand dollars to yeah. them to build, you know, most just, of a, a village, or you know, but what what does that do for American teenagers? You know, that's the question you have to ask.
0: Exactly. Let's send them there. They'll Like <laughs> oh it's just absolutely insane. You know, just it's in, it's embarrassing. To think about, I when they, my parents sent me to the Philippines a couple a couple of years later, so I did two. But on that one, I was like two tours, to two huh? Christian tours. Yeah, basically some Christian tours. Well, at least for that one, we like helped churches there build the things they were building. So we like helped existing churches like build structures. So it was like helpful. Like we were like you know we weren't really going out there and proselytizing or whatever that word is. <laughs> I've said that in a while, but, as yeah. opposed
1: to. uh you know, investing that money into the community and hiring people in, to, and paying them fair wages. Oh to no, you do wouldn't
0: want fair. to do that because there wouldn't be that. any like superiority or any kind of like credit involved. Actually, I went to a private school that part of our curriculum where we were required to go out and evangelize to people as part oh, of our. Nice. Yeah, so we were required to do that with class. Like, be like, go with our class and like, you know, have to go like, you know, count like check off like five people. You had to go and save like five people.
1: That just oh, made me think man. of uh, Casey. I don't know if this everyone had to do this or if it was just because I was a Bible major at Liberty. But what there's like there was Evangelism 101
3: mm-hmm. as a class,
1: right? Did you have to take mm, that? I don't
2: know. I didn't take it. If it was, yeah. Uh, well, I I totally. clipped out of that one. Yeah, because you, you led
1: testimony. so many. Yeah, you led so many people to the Lord. Where's, a,
0: where's Liberty at? Liberty University in Virginia. Oh, okay. Oh, you got to know about Liberty. Crazy. Well, honestly, uh, so my my my. Bible college I went to for a short period of time um, was in LA and it was a f- like the four square denomination. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So they have a single, they have a main Bible college in LA, in San Dimas, actually, like Bill and Ted. Um, and um, they, I mean, they were, ext- I mean, it's kind of niche. Like I didn't really know about other like Bible colleges because Foursquare. I was grew up in a Foursquare church. My dad was a district supervisor for Foursquare. Like it was just like, that's the only Bible college you go to. So I. You know, my parents okay, met at, like, Old Roberts, you know, like, but I don't really know that much about other Christian schools. What's, what's like, Foursquare's deal?
2: So that's a denomination, or?
0: It's a denomination. It's primarily international, so it was... It was started in California by a woman, I think it was like in the fifties or something like that. So it's it's really like I would say kind of like Lutheran adjacent. Like it kind of is not like a super extreme or anything. And but like depending on the Foursquare church or whatever, like you know, you'll get the whole speaking in tongues type stuff. But not every church is like that. And so it's a pretty wide, all encompassing like range. Hold on one second, I'll let my cat in. She's being really annoying.
1: Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Come on. My cat does it.
2: Oh, all the time.
0: She's white the door, socks. She, yeah, she's got her white socks on right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah.
2: Was that was your school was that a four square four square yeah, thing? Yeah, it
0: was. Yeah. And I really only went there for like a few months. Like my my mom had like ended up getting sick by the end of my first semester of college. So like I had moved back to Minnesota like directly after I went to Bible college. So it's like this kind of thing where i was like really gay and i was like trying to go to bible college to like not be gay you know okay. Morgan, um, jesus sorry <laughs> that's fine um you know how that whole thing goes you know like i um i think the like the predominant like part of like my christianity breaking down had a lot to do with my sexuality you know and just kind of being one of like kind of being like feeling like i can't have both you know and feeling like being gay is like I'm carrying this cross. And like, if I can just conquer this temptation, like on the other side of that is like heaven and glory and all this stuff, you know? So I like Bible college as a way to like force myself to just like not be gay. My mom ended up getting sick and, you know, I moved back home and I was like, well, I tried, like, I guess I'm going to be gay now. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, I guess like I'm allowed to be gay. Um, well it's
1: so funny is that, like it's so it often comes down to like like people who are gay have this like Well, oh, i can't do this so i'll try to suppress it but then i come to terms with it and like i guess i just have to pick that instead of christianity it's like the and it's just christianity tell like it's the it's those like the select gatekeepers who are like you have to pick one or the other and then
0: it's oh like, yes
1: you don't but you right, feel that's like a really do. hard
0: that's thing i mean crazy. i remember i kind of came out to like one of like these like big church ladies and she was like you know told me that it was like satan's plan to like deter me from like god's true plan for my life you know and that yes. really fucked with me like i was like for years that like because i'm always thinking like what if i was like all of, what if you know like this whole concept of like the devil deceiving you right so it's like you know when you're so deceived you don't even know you're deceived so it's like how do you know if anything that you're thinking is actually you or is it the devil you know what i mean you're like i'm like maybe i'm just going living my whole life and i'm thinking you know that i'm like saved or whatever and i'm really not and then i get to heaven and then they're like sorry like in the sixth grade you committed the unforgivable sin and like you are not you know you haven't been in this club for for like your whole life
3: it's
1: literally the uh it's like a negative version of post they hate postmodernism, but then they will tell you that you can you can't know because you're being deceived
0: uh, right and it's exactly. like so if then how do you know anything a of control right
1: yeah it's like it, com- it all like boils down to if you're doing what they don't want you to do you can't know anything for sure
0: oh. but you
1: can only know for sure if you co-sign on all of their beliefs it's just like it is it they is an, yeah they it's have like relativism, for all, all the things
0: it. i think my main like frustration in the past few years. My my best friend died of a heroin overdose and we grew up in the same Christian environment and her parents, like, you know, we grew up in the same church and then we went to the, you know, the funeral and like, she was not a Christian when she passed away. So it was really hard for me because we were at her funeral in like our church that we grew up in that we like kind of hated, you know? And,
1: um,
0: and basically they said in the sermon, like the pastor was like, said this thing, you know, that verse it's like, the devil can't snatch you out of my hands. Right. They use that verse as a way to say she went to heaven anyways, because at one time she was Christian. She was super Christian. Like we all were. And then she fell away from the faith. So they, in her, in her funeral, you know, that was said, and I had such a hard time. because I was like, wait a second. You never said that because technically if that's true, then I could have been doing whatever I wanted this whole time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, you just didn't really mean it. Right. (laughs) exactly so I'm just like I I mean I remember in school like you know they used to just say like you know they kind of would make you afraid that you don't believe like enough you know Or, or what if I don't believe what if I get to heaven and it's like oh you didn't actually believe and it's like it took me into my adult life to be like if you have to ask yourself if you believe something then you don't you know what I mean like it's like it's actually just that simple you know what I mean like it's just like I feel like I should but I don't you know like this concept of hell it's like I don't think I've ever actually really believed in that I, you know, like, and I've had to ask myself, like, how do I know? How do I know if I believe? But it's like, you get to know yourself more and you grow as a person. And you're like, I know exactly what I believe. Like the instant I think about it, but it's sometimes, uh, the hard reality is like accepting that something that you don't believe, you know,
2: that's such a scary question too, when you're in that spot. Cause you know, I remember thinking that to myself, cause they really sell like, American evangelicalism really sells like this idea of like, on this side of the fence is peace and certainty. Oh. Right. And that's why it's great Fine. over here. And you can't have that over there. And then you sit at home and you're thinking to yourself, like, I don't feel certain that I'm in the right camp. Like, I think I, I want to be. And you have those thoughts of like, do I really believe? And then you just kind of like, there's like that, like cold shiver fear where you're like, shake it off. You're like, of course I do. Of course I do.
0: (laughs) That's what faith is, right? Is like, that's what faith is is like that tenacity that you have to convince yourself that you believe this, you know, it's like, if you repeat it enough times, you know, eventually you might, you know, feel that way. And I, you know, I think it's interesting that you said that just that about peace and certainty, because I always feel like, you know, Christianity is supposed to kind of be this like, wrapped up gift and like inside of this gift is like peace and certainty and freedom and all these things. But it's like, i really never had those things when I was a Christian, you know what I'm saying? So then I internalize it. Like I'm doing something wrong, but it's like, I think the ultimate thing is, is just like Christianity or any religion is not a substitute for emotional work. You know, it's like you you actually like, you're not going to just instantly feel better. Like, and then when you don't, then you fall away from the faith. Like this is not working. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's a great point uh it because it when when you sit with that like that you're told you should be certain but then you're uncertain but then you also hear these people tell you like Casey said that anyone outside of it can't experience true joy and peace and then you meet people who seem to and you're not but they seem to be but then the person at the top is telling you that they're really not it's just <laughs> you really are, and you're like, what
0: that's what really I can't cracks the code any right? of my
1: feelings or emotions, apparently, but they just seem so happy. Well, ignorance is bliss, and I guess they're exactly just-
0: they're just so yeah. deceived, you know. Yeah. What I'm like it's like they're just so in the dark, they don't even know. It. But that is the thing, that's what really cracks the code, I think, for most Christians is that like when you meet better people that are not Christians, you know, it's like my girlfriend, she's like the most least Christian person that I know. And she just, I was like, I love not being you. Sounds like, 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 like you have all this guilt. Like you just like, you just like have this guilt like ingrained in you and you just like overthink everything. I know it's because of your upbringing and I'm like, well, yeah, like you don't know what it's like, like, you know,
1: <laughs> you don't just move on from that ever. Basically. No,
0: I mean, and just like this concept of like, you know, I was, as I was kind of like thinking about our conversation today, I started thinking about like. You know the impact of like thinking the world is ending and like how much that impacted me like as a person and like with my ambition and everything like that because like I had like severe apathy for a really long time like you know all growing up I was you know very overweight and I had like a lot of mental health issues and it's kind of because I was like, well oh, what's the point you know what I mean like if, if like if the world's gonna end like any day you know then like I can't I can't find a good reason to try you know
1: yeah it's that's I it makes sense to think that way. It probably makes more sense to think that way than to be like, so now I have to do all this work. That's going to have no fruit because right. Like I'm
0: responsible for saving the world, the world, you know, it's like somewhere in between like feeling that responsibility and then actually having like my own, like things that I want to do, you know, like in life, it like gets me stuck, you know? And I think I grew up kind of believing that God was going to call me. Like I was nervous what he would call me to do because I kind of thought like you know, traditionally God calls you to do like the, what, what you don't want to do, you know, like think of Jonah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, let's think about Jonah, you know, for a second. Like that story tells, tells a larger story that like God's plan for you is on the other side of what you don't want to do. You know, it's like, and God's plan with you is in is synonymous with an unfulfilling life to you because you don't know intrinsically what's right for you. You know what I mean? So it's like, You know, that's, I think this disconnection between self is, is really one of the major um, things I've needed to overcome, you know, it's just like, cause it's like, I've kind of grown into this understanding where it's like myself was a separate person than my, what I should be doing. Right. So like, they're constantly battling, you know, but as I, as I'm getting older and kind of learning that that like intuition or that, that thing that leads me and guides me that I used to call God, is really like myself. You know, it's like, and that doesn't mean that I'm God, but it's just sort of like all I can, right? you know, we, once we follow that, then we're kind of like, once we learn to follow that without like any kind of broader context, usually like that's what you should be doing.
2: Yeah. I was, okay. So here's a question for you on the, the end of the world. Mm. Should I invest in anything sort mm. of deal? So I distinctly remember like n- nobody in my friend group, and school and stuff like that dated at all during high school. There was like none of that. And it was highly discouraged. Because of like, that well, I would just,
0: what was that guy? Josh.
2: Uh, uh, Josh Harris. Yeah. Yes. We, we had him on at one
1: point.
0: Of <laughs> no, you didn't. You had him on the show.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah he was one of. uh our- oh, I did not hear
0: okay. that. I got to check that out. Back.
1: Yeah. He was earlier on. He's renounced
2: all that. That's
1: He's a new heard
0: man. That, I, I've heard that, but I've
2: heard that. But I remember thinking like, like kind of feeling guilty that like one of the things that I thought about was like, man, I what if I never get to like meet someone and fall in love and stuff like that before like the world ends and then feeling guilty <laughs> like that's not something that I should care about. Like mm-hmm. that shouldn't be my top priority when thinking about the fact that the world is going to end and like it's such a stupid thing thing to stress out about
0: when you're 11 (laughs) or
2: 12
1: Exactly. that's
0: what people who aren't christian they really don't even like get that that's like a thing that's like they've been pardoned from in life you know it's so weird to like experience people that didn't grow up with that i think because i'm like that was so you know profound to everything the way that i saw the world and experienced everything
1: you know what's so funny is i was at a wedding this past weekend I don't, whenever this comes out, it'll be a number of weekends ago, but you hear the officiant read a bunch of words out of the Bible, or at least I did at this wedding. Right. And I mean, whatever, it's fine. There's a lot of, it's like the traditional things you pull from. But I, I started thinking about it while I was like standing there. I'm like, all, almost all of these words come from a guy who was not married. And like almost all the Christian advice for like, how to love someone how to love your spouse just wasn't married it's like oh okay let's 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 lean on this guy not a
2: qualification um,
1: (laughs) for all the answers on that one
0: yeah that's true and I, i i've married my sister and her husband last weekend or two weekends ago and they were like the only thing the only rule is that you can't mention god i was like wow you are really straight Far from the path or whatever. (laughs) God, I'm like, it's so bad. Like, what am I supposed to talk about?
1: Oh, that must have been fun to be able to officiate.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it was. It's actually the third time I've officiated a wedding. I definitely took on some of my dad's pastor traits, you know, like that whole, like, I definitely got some of those, some of those like public speaking skills, you know, and so it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Man, dad was a pastor, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, my parents were pastors all my life. Yeah, I... My dad is no longer Christian. None of my family is Christian. I'm probably oh, the most right. Christian person in my family, and I really wouldn't consider myself Christian.
2: And that's just because you say bless you after someone sneezes. Right,
0: I just am just calm and
2: calm.
3: <laughs> You know what I mean? Like,
0: it's I mostly just, just the guilt. I'm willing to mention God. Uh, no, I mean, oh. I think I'm a little more openly like, you know unsure about the whole thing and in the sense where it's like uh, like you know how like have you ever heard like the terms like you know you can't be like an a la carte christian you, you can't pick and choose you can't cherry pick the things you believe it kind of goes back to what i was yeah. saying earlier it's like it's like but i just know what i believe and i don't and i know what i don't why not and that's it like it's like that's all i can you know just being comfortable with that Where it's like i don't believe in hell i don't believe that muslim people don't go to hell. like i don't i don't believe that well it's like have I had really meaningful experiences that I consider to be interactions with God? Yes, I, I really truly have, and that's that's something I'm still trying to come to terms with a little bit. Um, but you know, it's like I always come with this example. Like I used to do like a lot of psychedelic drugs in my early twenties. You know, like coming out of the church system, like drugs, like you're having these like spiritual experiences. You know, in my book, right? And I was just like, I felt like I was like seeing God or whatever, right? But it's just like, you know, the Christian world would say that like any kind of spiritual experience you have, like on drugs, would be like not, you know, be like demons. You know, there's no possible way to have spiritual experience in a category of things that's not good, you know. But I mean that that whole thing like taught me a lot too, just where I'm like, oh, maybe it's all just bigger than I think or anyone thinks. And like that's kind of just where I'm at with it, you know?
1: Yeah. So I want let's uh I want to talk about your upbringing a bit then because I, I, I'm i actually really interested in when faith fell apart for your parents and stuff too but so you mm-hmm. grew up you went to Christian school your whole life
0: no I was so um my parents started their own church when I was in sixth grade like I my, my dad was like a music pastor before so it's kind of interesting my dad was like At my age, which I'm 32, like he was like really trying to be like a Christian rock star. You know what I mean? Like he was like, he had like a skullet, you know, like, and like like, Zubas and like, you know, like he was like Mark J and the fringe was his band. Looked like a character
1: in Metalocalypse.
0: Yeah, precisely. (laughs) You get the vibe. Um, But then my parents started their own church, their own four square church when I was like in the sixth grade. So I like grew up in the suburbs, like super suburbs. But my family was like pretty, always pretty dysfunctional, pretty fucked up, like on always had had been growing up. But we were like, you know, the classic like behind closed doors, things like things aren't okay, sort of a thing. And just that whole like, you know, typical thing. Um, But yeah, my parents like wasn't like the kind of church where we were like speaking in tongues and all that stuff. I went to private school, started going to private school in seventh grade. And that's where I got really immersed in the whole like super evangelical like you know, type stuff. Like every like major televangelist preacher would like come to, to my school. You know what I mean? Oh, really? And we would like, you know, we had a blind girl in our school that we would like once a month, we would try to heal her, you know what Oh I mean? my God. Like, you know, and like, like, oh, my, like, yeah, like just like, and you know, my, She's sister, doing like, fine, yeah. my sister got expelled, like my twin and like, she was expelled from there for like a Facebook photo of her and some boys that like she had written, she was like sitting on top of some boys that were like sleeping and she wrote gangbang as the caption
3: yeah
0: but and then i tried to get expelled i was like look i've been smoking weed i've been smoking cigs like i'm like a- you got in there like this is a cry for help like we're gonna keep her i was like no. you and your
1: you and your sister should have just like S- alternated days and just like
0: Dude, we don't split we don't the difference. Oh so, yeah, so, oh yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, my like uh, my dad was like on the board and stuff. But yeah, my parents are pastors, like literally the my entire life. So my mom passed away in twenty twelve. So she was I was twenty two when she passed away. So she was really Christian and everything up until she passed away. So my dad, like I won't air all his dirty laundry on the internet, but you know my dad, he was involved in some unsavory behaviors um and which kind of like which became public and so you know just classic
1: while he was a pastor Mm
0: -hmm. so my dad was Uh like you know he was like a district supervisor of like 254 square churches so he wasn't just a pastor oh wow
1: he climbed the ranks
0: yeah like a big big church um but basically yeah he kind of had a secret life and um and so my mom was like totally blindsided by the whole situation and my mom had a pretty like interesting life. She was like adopted from like a native American reservation in Canada when she was 14. So she had like, she lived in orphanages her whole childhood. Like, she's just like, she was a really intense lady. And, and she was, but she just had a lot of like, you know, she was intense. Um, and so we kind of, my dad was very kind of like, you know, secretive and all this stuff. Anyways, we ended up like losing like our family home. Like my like family, like completely disintegrated. We went from being like really big, like, People in the community just like not having anything. Like halfway through my senior year, I was like literally homeless. Like I didn't have anywhere to live because like my family, holy shit. didn't have like anywhere to go. So it was like really drastic. Like, what know, did you
1: guys do? Was it like couch surfing? Like how well, shelters? My
0: parents sent me to rehab like in the beginning of my senior year for smoking weed. Which oh, that's a did they really? Yeah, you know, really trying to like nip it in the bud or whatever because like my older brother had been to treatment and it's like you know I don't know you know the suburbs like people like. People love sending kids to suburbs. They're to treatment in the suburbs. You know what I mean? They just think that that's going to be so valuable for them. So then <laughs> I, they, they sent me to a 28 day program, and then they were like, "We think she needs more help." They sent me to a halfway house. I would literally was like in rehab and a halfway what? house like for my entire like senior year. But so what's crazy was like when I was in the seventh grade, we were like I was on a youth group trip, like a winter retreat, where we like took a van out to this retreat in in the Midwest, like from right. Minnesota to Wisconsin. We were in a 15 passenger van, ended up getting a head on collision with four teenagers and they were all killed. And so, and, and so like, I, Whoa. Was, and like, so like our youth group van, our whole youth group got like fucked. Like my older sister almost died. Like I like lost all my teeth. I like woke up in a hospital. Like my older sister had to be airlifted. And she like broke her back in two places. It was really fucked up. So it was like, just like this early on major trauma, like with my youth group and my parents weren't there.
2: Were you they, wearing a like, seatbelt when that happened?
0: I was actually not wearing a seatbelt and I, I don't, my sister got so fucked because she had like a, she was sitting in the middle. I was like a bench seat and the, the seat, the seatbelt like didn't catch. So it's basically like a loose loop.
3: So when yeah. the
0: impact happened, she like went with the loop and then snapped back. So it like snapped her back in two places and broke a hole into her intestine. So she ended up was like puking up flaming hot Cheetos and they thought it was blood so they operated on her and realized she was leaking bile. And if they hadn't have, she would have died. So it was like Flaming Hot Cheetos saved her life. And That's was,
1: fucking wild. Dang.
0: Yeah, it was. And I woke up in an ambulance with her because I was unconscious for the entire thing. So I woke up in an ambulance next to my sister and they like took her to a more intense hospital. And like I went to one by myself. But yeah. That's like
1: just, I mean, what was that like? afterwards knowing that that those kids died like that would fuck you up i
0: mean honestly like it's one of those things where it's like i've had a lot of like trauma i think in my life and it's like i think my coping mechanism is like very like over rationalization like in my mind for many years i thought that i i wasn't affected by that at all you know really because i didn't remember i was listening to headphones when it happened so i like and i went unconscious i like 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 i like I had a really bad concussion. So like, I was not conscious for that entire thing. So I'm thinking, I lucked out. That didn't even fuck me up. That's really what I thought. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just like, of course it did. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It definitely like rocked my Christianity in a bit, in a way. Cause I'm thinking, here we are. We're going to a, a church thing. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't have like protected us a little bit. Like, you know, like as yeah. a kid, you're thinking, well, that doesn't really make sense. Like that's not supposed to be how that works. But I yeah, it it number on the so driver. I got like a chunk of money when I like, got like close to 20 grand when I turned 18 in rehab, you know, like, and my parents, I didn't have anywhere to live. So like, of course I like leave rehab and I just like go start doing hard drugs. You know what I mean? Like with all this money that I had and just like this, like bone to pick with the world, you know? And so I ended up doing that for a few years. I just would like, just party just all that money. And I mean, I didn't last for a few years, but I, my, that whole chapter of my life did.
2: That's what Why? uh did you have like a a particular drug that was like your
0: Yeah, I it's embarrassing, but I was like such a, a raver. Like I took like ecstasy like crazy. Like just, Okay. Like and so did my twin. So like her and I like my twin Riley like she's kind of like super different than me, but her and I just got into this like raving lifestyle. Like I was like really into fire spinning like for a really long time. So I like spun fire poi, like the glow sticking thing. Now that's a cry for help. I uh, know I actually did that like professionally. I did that for like seven years. I ended up getting really into it. I would like travel no with it. And I was like, uh, kind of a big deal in the fire spinning world. Um,
1: do you run Shane Claiborne spitting fire?
0: <laughs> sit, what's that?
1: Never mind. <laughs>
0: but it's just kind of been like, looking back. I'm like, God, no, exactly. Like, I'm like, if my kid ever picked up glow sticks, I'd be like, no, sir. or No, ma'am. Like, that's the last thing I was like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'd rather have my kid be a juggalo then uh,
2: yeah. you come home listening to skrillex yeah i'm like
0: I, if i had between like if my kid's like a hula hooper or a juggalo like i would choose a juggalo you know <laughs> and that's a really, that's saying something, right super saying something
1: what were the uh i don't know what the name of it is but it just whatever you're talking about just made me think of the uh the sticks
0: yeah, like
1: tablesticks. Like, yeah, those. I those, are I just... those,
0: are, those are fun. Those are so <laughs> old. Pro- I mean, honestly, I got into it like right when it was like. Now it's like a crazy thing, but I really did like. You know, I was very, very into it, and it was kind of like the first thing I was ever good at. Like honestly, like I was like I found this community, but it's so associated with like acid. Like I was like, I can't. You know, it's like I felt like I was the, the best at it when I was like you know, doing acid. I'm like, well, that's not really like conducive to like a lifestyle. Like you're only good at your hobby. Like you really, really want to do it <laughs> yes. when you're like tripping.
1: How no, did you yeah, get into a... that world? Like what? What's that? Just, just through like the raves that you found. Yeah. People...
0: Like just like from doing ecstasy and stuff It's like, it's kind of crazy. So like, I like found some, like, dr- you know, I was like friends with some drug dealers and stuff. I ended up moving in with one of them. And then he started dating my, my sister. So like our craziest story that we always say is like, we um i ended up going to jail like i like went to like the mall and like stole some hats when i was like rolling like like super hard like just fucked up on drugs and i like went ended up going to they ended up taking me to jail cuz i stole these hats and blah, blah blah at the mall i was sitting in jail for like 6 hours and then like my twin sister like came to pick me up or like so what i thought but she actually ended up being in jail like for a different reason on that same day because the, like the first like the apartment that i lived at got raided by the dea like while i was at the mall and so like all my friends oh in jail, like at the same time, and like ran into my twin sister in jail. And like, I totally like, just like, you know, we, we both called our moms and we were both just like, you know, we were just at this time in our lives or just, we were just being crazy and but, yeah.
1: <laughs> wait, how old, and you, this is like early 20s. I was, you like,
0: said? I was like 20. Yeah. So I was okay. like 20. It was like the first time I went to jail. So it was like, you know, just like running into my twin was just like a crazy experience. But, um, what but was yeah, I uh, got out of that phase of my life?
2: What was okay? So, like the rave scene, then like, what was it? Was that like, like uh, dubstep type stuff at exactly, that point, or
0: exactly? Yeah, it was like when dubstep was like first new, you know what I mean? It was like a new thing, it was like 2010 or whatever. Like,
2: were you like one of those like scene kids that transitioned into?
0: Rave. I was never a scene kid. No, I was more into rap and stuff in high school. I was like, you know, I was like this, like a stoner type, you know, like I like teepeed people for fun and stuff like
1: Minnesota had a a great <laughs> rap scene. Oh yeah. Uh, Minnesota, uh, yeah.
0: Minnesota is, has a great hip hop scene. So yeah, I mean, uh eventually like I you know kind of put down the fire boy stuff and like decided to be a rapper so I was definitely like considered myself a rapper for many years I don't anymore I'm really more considered consider myself a singer and stuff but I got really got into music like when I was like 27 so that's been kind of a new thing for me and kind of just like I don't know uh putting myself out there in a different way it's kind of been cool but fire spinning, really, it paved the way. I know it's kind of embarrassing, but it paved the way for me. Like, it's like, it did. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, I can perform in this way. I can do it in another.
2: Were you ever a Christian music uh, person?
0: I mean, Christian music has some hits. You know what I mean? Like, but no, not really. No, I've never done any Christian music. I was not, no. I literally, like, didn't start making music till like, many years after I would have considered myself a Christian.
2: Okay. But- I was just thinking, I was wondering if that was a, uh, you know, maybe you were listening to like plus Charging one or something like that when you were in the van on your way oh. to winter camp.
0: Oh yeah. So now- <laughs> oh, my I'm sure I was, dude, I'd still listen to some plus one. I definitely have that same. I think the first concert I went to was Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know?
2: Yeah, there we go.
0: Yep. But no, I, want-
1: I think it was, um, there was a, there was an episode, I think it was an episode of South Park where Cartman started a Christian band and it was called Faith Plus One. And no, I'm not familiar with Plus One, which You're is not? pretty weird, but uh, Maybe like I, a boy band, right?
0: Yeah, like the in sync of like, yeah, like, so yeah. that's
1: what they were making fun of. Apparently, I, I am that's only crazy. just making no, that it connection. Is, out. I feel
0: like it's that well known of like a thing that South Park would make fun of it if they were talking about christian
2: bands i guess yeah plus one it's
0: uh it's like flaccid in sync so
2: hard
1: that was one thing you knew them for casey was just always being hard right (laughs) all right so you went to bible college to not be gay right you in you're in christian school Mm -hmm. when are you like oh fuck i'm gay
0: uh, well, I knew already before, like, I mean, well, actually my twin was the first person to tell me that I was gay. It was kind of a weird, it was like a reverse coming out where she oh, yeah. was like, Tori, I need to tell you something. And I was like, what? And she was just like, you're gay. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it never really dawned on me because I actually went through like in high school and stuff. Like I went, I I told people I was asexual, you know, I was like I don't like boys or girls. Like I'm just, that's just how I am. I think everybody is just so like out of control. You know, I just had this idea. But, yeah, I mean, then she kind of, like, told me I was gay. And I was like, well, like, I'm open to that. Like, that doesn't – actually, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? It's never really crossed my mind. Uh, But, yeah, no, I mean, in Bible college, like, I literally only got, like, a few – like, six months' time to, like, be there. Not even um, just because of, like, my mom ended up getting sick. So that's kind of where I was just, like – I really felt like, you know, I'm going to give it a shot to try to not be gay. But, you know, kind of just like we talked about earlier, like, I kind of felt like I had to choose one or the other. Yeah. you know, I, you know how there's people that say like, you know, they can be gay but they don't practice it. So then they, that's how they're able to like stay Christian or whatever. So I did, yeah. I did try to do that for like a little while, um, and I ended up going to a church and then like telling them I was gay, and then they were like, oh, we don't we can't support that. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not gonna come here anymore.
1: <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> logical conclusion.
0: <laughs> that Finally, an inescapable reason anymore? to like, not come here. yeah no i mean especially like years ago it was a lot more like taboo than it even is now like there's more like hip sort of churches now that are like oh we're affirming you know um but it's
1: definitely that's definitely become a lot more prevalent and a lot more yeah a lot more churches are just like being honest about where they stand on it like there was this movement for a while that was just like they, no one would say it one way or the other, and which that's usually
0: exactly, that's exactly what I was told when I kind of like they were like, well, some people here support and some people don't, so we can't really have a stance because if we do, then we're gonna like you know push out the people in the whatever group, right? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that makes total sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no problem. I know you know it's a PR. We get
1: it? You're trying to keep as much money in the offering plate. Yeah, yeah, possible yeah, no, it's a goodness. PR. No, no, we're
2: on the same thing. do, some don't. Both have wallets.
0: yeah i mean i have like i've toyed around with the idea of like going to like affirming type churches but it just makes me so uncomfortable because it's like i still do like have this like desire for like spiritual community of some kind and just like i've you know i think church is really beneficial to a lot of people that grew up in it just in the way that it teaches you how to be a part of the community and how to talk to people and all these different things um so i still you know i still find myself like oh like i'd be interested to be a part of a community of people that are interested in talking about this kind of stuff, but it just makes me so uncomfortable. Like, I'm just like, I just can't even bring myself to do it. Cause it's like, what I just can't, I just can't.
1: Yeah. It's hard to find the right, the right space for that. Uh, yeah. Like I, so that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, I have a, I do have a church that I go to that functions in that way for me. And, uh, if it's it's small, it used to be bigger. It, COVID, you know, gutted it like oh, most man. churches. But it's like I'm like at a point where it's like, yeah, my pl- my plan is if that goes away, I'm going to just start ironically attending evangelical churches and trying <laughs> to get under people's just skin.
0: Just test yourself a little bit. Yeah.
1: Just ask questions that I know are gonna make everybody really uncomfortable. That just, seems
0: like a yeah, just like a sport in itself. Yeah, do you that know, for a few that- weeks,
1: move on. Then maybe they reach out and they go, "Oh, we noticed you haven't shown up, brother." And then, you know, just fuck with them a little. Brother,
2: bit. <laughs> it'd be it'd be the guy that was always kind of around the youth group that would like he would show up, he would volunteer for the youth group, and like kind of like spitball some crazy ideas like mid presentation, you know, like on a Wednesday night and you could see all the youth leaders getting like real anxious. Like I remember one guy that was in our youth group. He was super nice. He was odd. And I remember one time they were in the middle of like the lesson, you know, with all of us, we were in like junior high and he started kind of like throwing out some ideas that like maybe dinosaurs never existed and God just put (laughs) the bones there to like make us wonder and you can just see all the youth leaders like getting antsy. Like, I gotta find some scriptural references here.
0: <laughs> oh no, the di- not the dinosaur thing. That really throws <laughs> a wrench in the timeline, doesn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: they I, didn't fit on the ark very well.
0: No, yeah, oh well, my- they were
1: they were in their eggs at the
2: time. That's- Duh. Oh, egg form. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, that's a really interesting thing. You know, when like the whole subject of like biblical inerrancy, like I don't know if you you know like if your churches kind of had that concept, you know, where it's like oh, yeah. it's all correct exactly or whatever, and just kind of like. That is all pretty, pretty intense that, you know, that whole like thing. It's like, no, it's the earth is 6,000 years old. You know, it's like for some people, it's like, that's a deal breaker once you start throwing out numbers like 6,000. Yeah. No, um, but we're just like, no, that's what it is. It says it right here. You know. And see me um,
2: on the other hand, like I've left church. I don't consider myself a Christian anymore, but I still believe in young earth creationism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just choose to just hand select that. Yeah. I mean, I've, Let's just choose to go with that. I mean, because actually, like, when it goes back to the deceit part, right? So everyone is deceived into believing these archaeological facts are true. And it's really, you know what I mean? Like, it goes that deep. You know what I mean? Like, it's... that's this is like
2: great. the amount of like old people that have like spouted off about how inaccurate carbon dating is and you're like, right, like it's, what is carbon dating they're like awesome. i don't know it's maybe like a you know like a pricing gun at walmart and you shoot it at a rock and it says you know 40 million years
0: it's a wolf in <laughs> sheep's clothing that's for sure it, that's what it's carbon like, dating is
1: it's like, it's like those lasers that they point at your forehead when they wanted to test your temperature during COVID, but
2: it tells you how old things are. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's what they are. A couple million years. Casey, I think it even Texas has- where there's human footprints inside dinosaur footprints.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think uh,
1: to be the person, get invested into a church, start being a leader at the youth group. They finally let you teach, and that's when you go. Now. Porn isn't always wrong, kids, and then you just <laughs> watch it all fall yeah, apart. And that's,
0: you know. That actually does sound—it's like, like a wedding crashers, where it's like yeah,
1: the crashers, long con.
0: You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not uh, bad,
0: Not a bad idea. I so could, that's my
1: plan. If uh, my little community disappears, I'll uh, I'll start doing shit like that. Okay. I
0: think it'll you know sharpen you, if anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's really—it's to help them. I'm trying to sharpen them. Like, this is how you deal. With things that don't go your way. I know you're not used to that because you usually kick these people out first. And then after they kick you out, you just keep showing up every Sunday.
0: <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, they have to accept you. That's kind of the whole idea. Yeah.
1: You know, you're, like, like, you're not welcome here. You're like, well, I'm also not, not welcome here.
0: Well, it's really interesting too. Like I think compared <laughs> to our childhoods, you know, cause I'm assuming we're all somewhat similar age, like, you know, yeah. the whole Trump conservatives, conservative aspect of it is a really a new kind of a new wave where it's like, It was a little bit more like it was less political like kind of growing up maybe you know but it's just kind of that's definitely just makes it really hard to be christian these days you know what i'm saying it has a really unfortunate association with conservative politics at this point so it's just really like it's almost like saying you're christian is just like almost aligning yourself with that unfortunately it's like that level of associated at this point so
2: It is the contradiction that they have to live with where they on one on the one hand, they're like, go ye therefore unto all the world. And then you're like, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that aren't going to church anymore, mainly because of how political you guys have gotten and how like glued to the Republican Party you are. And they're like, well, we don't need them. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) If they're not
2: going to jump on board, then.
1: I mean, they've chosen, they've chosen their path. We need to export this ideology to the people everywhere else now. I, honestly, they've, I, that ideology is uh, growing across the world. It seems it's like a, a tilt towards.
0: Yeah, I know. Like it's a crazy. weird type
1: of fascism <laughs> again. <laughs>
0: well, know. and then it's like, you know, I can't help but think as we're talking about like the end of the world type stuff. It's like, I always can't think I'm like, well, there have been like a lot of storms lately you know what i mean i'm like well you know what i mean they are talking about like food shortages and shit and you're like i'm deceived and like the world's ending and like Am i might even on the right side of history you know what i mean like i just like it's like you have i have these like trauma triggers where it's like there's like i'm like this sounds like revelation you know what i mean like but it's like the world's been ending for so fucking long i can't even like it's just been ending ever since it started and i'm just yeah. like <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's so wild because it's like I remember being a kid and they're all like, like climate scientists. They're like, you know, in 20, 20, 30 years, we're going to see an increase in this and water levels are going to rise. And it's going to be a lot more storms and cl- weather is going to be more unpredictable because of climate change. And gr- you're, you're like, no, that's all bullshit. That's obviously not going to happen. And now it's all fucking happening. And it you're, like, is, well, and that's you're because like, God wants it to
0: Right. It's like, you no, know, it, there's okay. always, <laughs> There's always a reason for it. But it is just one of those things where I'm like, wait, is it all true? Like, what the fuck? You know, there are lots of storms, but I don't know. Just (laughs) like it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Just like there are people that have never like grown up with these kind of anxieties. You know what I mean? Like they just they have not had to think about that.
1: They've never truly lived is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fear. you know, fear is a good indicator of how much faith you really have. You know what I mean? Like
1: they're really... That's what I use to motivate my kids to do things.
0: Oh, yeah. The more afraid they are, like the easier they are to control. They fall
1: in line, they cower, but you know, they're very shaky, but they do what I tell them to. And (laughs) that makes
2: my life easier.
0: God, it's so traumatizing. It always
2: makes me think of arrested development how, like, the dad would hire the guy that had a missing arm to, like, pretend to get in accidents and stuff. And he'd be like, like, pretend to hit the guy with a car and his fake arm would fall off. And he'd be like, That's why you don't yell in the car. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. I do always think about like how weird it must've been. Like there's so many times through history where you think about like what it must've been like for people at the time. And you know, like if you were somebody living in Europe during world war one or world war two you would have to think that it was like Armageddon, right?
0: Right. Like you'd have to think it was the end of the world. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like the great depression, any kind of like any sort of a thing, any major event is always associated and attributed with like, you know, the end of the world or whatever. This is it.
2: Good thing we stocked up on canned ham.
1: There's always a shortage of something. Those people who are always like, you know, there's going to be a shortage of, and you're like, Oh, okay. Like you can't even buy it anymore. I feel like I've been told there's going to be a shortage of something like every week for the past like ten years. And you're like,
0: yeah, no, I, I still like ketchup.
1: Right? When, I know the tomatoes got like. I don't out.
0: think we. A lot of people didn't think it was ever going to be better. You know what I mean? Like it was just like this is just going to per- continually perpetually get worse until they force us to have a microchip and blah 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 blah. You know, it was like everyone was just going all the way there. You know. Um,
1: and now we're like, when do we get the microchip? Yeah, like I'm, I mean, easy. I'm
0: paying with my phone right now, and that's sort of convenient. But like, it could be more convenient. You know yeah, what I mean? I just like, walk
1: through a scanner with my groceries, and yeah, it's like, like, yeah, like it's an convenient. airport scanner with a fistful of groceries under my. It's like, and then just charge me. I don't care. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't mean, even sales. I just want to walk out of the grocery really store. Convenient
0: no isn't that kind of the whole microchip thing is just like i think people are like people are like no that's for sure what's gonna happen you know what i mean like i don't think people even doubt like you know what i mean like they really associate like the microchip you know with the whole like people are like it's not even open for interpretation at this point you know what i mean like that's what people really are anticipating
1: babies will be born and then they will immediately chip them like puppies and there will be a fringe group of society (laughs) that all hang out without chips and they live in the woods and they're like doomsday preppers.
0: Right. Okay. Robert, random question for you in your Christian history. Have yeah. you guys ever seen or experienced like what you would say is like a miracle? And does that impact you and your belief system about Christianity now?
1: No, <laughs> No. I, I have not seen him or uh, what I hung out with a group of people that would always tell me about the miracles they saw. But I never saw any, uh, and <laughs> okay, so they know. were like, yeah. And so it made A me be furious, like, you know, if all these people are saying these things, it must be true. So the problem must be me. And then I went through this time of my life where I would like constantly pray for things like that to happen because I was hoping it would validate. You were asking that it could. for
0: miracles. You were like, yeah, oh, yeah. can you just throw some miracles my way? Like, you're know yeah, like, not specific. Like sprinkle
1: them down. Just I'd general, be like
0: asking for general miracles.
1: Yeah, it really was anything that would be like it was like your base level confirmation bias. Like okay. I like, um, would forget to charge you an overdraft fee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, And then I, I started to be skeptical. Like the one that stuck out to me the most was like so and so had a they went to the dentist and they got x-rays and it was like they're teeth were like basically all fucked up and it was going to cost them a shitload of money to get them fixed and well then the next time they went back to the dentist and they had those like they had x-rays taken again and whatever was there was gone after you know the friends prayed over her and i was just like right or like something clouded the x-rays like right i don't know
0: so that's that's yeah that's a that's kind of that's a stretch and that, sure. when, that, when you start getting to miracles
1: like that, you're like, cool. Like that's a miracle to save someone $10,000. Who's like, just like, you know, a privileged, privately educated person. Right. Uh, you're, you're at a private school. So you're at least like your parents can at least co-sign a loan. Okay. And then, Right.
0: Like a, like <laughs> your need might not be like the greatest one.
1: Like, yeah. And then you're like, and then there are people like, there are people on this campus right now that are like facing like not coming back to school be, or they're facing home their family's facing homelessness or something like that and you're just like where's the miracle for them so it just got like these miracles aren't they just felt so hokey it's like so what get some dental work done who gives a shit like why is god invested in the dental business
0: it's like god's all
1: big dental and shit now it's weird i like god before he got involved in the dental industry
0: right or just like you know jesus helped me find a good parking space today you know? What yeah. I mean? And then it's like, <laughs> and then you do, and you're like, see, you know? Okay. So the reason I say this comes kind of baiting you guys a little bit. Cause like, I have like this one thing that like really fucks me up when it comes to my Christianity because of this like thing that I haven't. Can't wait. Okay. So when I was in Bible college, when it was a short spell, I, you know, my, I had this really weird roommate and she, um, she texted me and she's at the library. She's like, I need you to come down to the library and bring my flash drive. I was like, you know, no problem, Ruby, you know? So I go down to the library and I pass this, like the chapel was all dark. There was, like a few kids in there and they were like having this prayer, like, you know, like, you know, voluntary prayer, little session in the chapel. And there's like four guys that I knew and one guy that I didn't know. And so they were like, Tori, will you come pray with us? I was like, I mean, I guess, you know what I mean? So I go in there and I go. We have we start like intercessing in prayer or whatever, right? And so the like we're praying and like this guy, the one guy that I didn't know because I barely knew any of these people, but I didn't know one of the guys at all. He says, you know, like someone in this room, like they have a hurt thumb and like Jesus wants to heal it today, you know. And I'm thinking, like, I wonder, you know, whose thumb that is. (laughs) And so we keep praying and (laughs) nobody's saying anything about their thumb. And then the guys like. Whoever's thumb it is, it's their right thumb, and I'm like, wait a second. Like, I've always had this like weird thing with my thumb now. Before you guys laugh and don't believe me, this is story, first of all, is something that none of my friends believe me about, but I would never make up. <laughs> okay, never would. But anyways, I had this like when I I had this thumb and like, and you can even see I was kind of bent now, but it used to be stuck bent and like it was like crooked and like it just like would stay crooked, and I like just had I always pulling it, and it was always cramped really stupid so I'm like I tell the guy it's my thumb and then he's like okay like perfect you're the chosen one and then like puts like you know
3: <laughs> the
1: chosen one. hands
0: on me and like prays over my thumb and like you like,
1: start sucking your thumb and you're you like
0: sucking my thumb, you know no and it got like really hot like really like an iron right so it's like it got so hot and like my thumb literally has been straight ever since that day and it's like I have no reason to lie about this none it more often than not makes me look ridiculous but it's like the weird like <laughs> not to mention four months later my mom literally died of cancer okay so it's like it's like you know the whole mind
1: you'd go talk, for a crooked like, thumb, like, my and cares about my thumb but mind. like
0: but not about my mom's cancer. You know what I'm saying? So it was the whole mindfuck of this thing where it's like, first of all, I never even talked about this stupid thumb. And second of all, like, it's just like of all things, you know, it's like, but I was, you know, I was at my sister's wedding a couple weekends ago and my girlfriend was telling my dad, who's no longer Christian, she's like, I swear Tori wouldn't even be Christian if it wasn't for her thumb. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, that's a thousand percent true. Like, I'm like, but it's like, it's this thing that happened. And it's like, I cannot deny it. Like, it's just like, and no, you know, there's no good explanation for it. And it's insane. But it has been this, this like string around my finger. That's like, I don't know, man, my thumb. The warmth this, is, a,
1: is a reoccurring theme though. Like it is, so yeah. the, girl who had the jaw thing, they prayed over her jaw and she said she felt it got, it got
0: warm off. or whatever. That's and then what you people tell like. your friends, your spiritual friends are like, well, you know, manifesting is like a real thing. And like, you know, it's like, you know, it could have been others, you know, it didn't have to be God. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm not saying. What I'm just saying, it was this phenomenon, you know? It's just so, it's dumb, you know what I mean? But it's like, that's like one thing where I'm like, I don't know, I can't explain that though.
2: It used to be that when I, when I blessed my, uh, hot pocket in college, sometimes mm-hmm. my, my palms would bleed. But now I just kind of think,
0: yeah,
3: no. <laughs> no, I was like,
0: I was like, wait a second, <laughs> see? see, you don't believe me about my, I don't know.
3: So that's <laughs> weird but no, those things I, I do. No, I, I because, because I've
0: I've before, to so many, this I this guy something. that healed my thumb. I literally like hit him up on Facebook a few years ago. And I was like, I just want to confirm that we both like remember this situation the same way.
1: And he was like, <laughs> I don't remember that at all.
0: No, he was like, that was like the most miraculous I just thing.
2: remember your thumb tasting bad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, like, were I you chopping onions with it. your thumb
2: beforehand? I think. I don't think I have anything direct.
3: Right. I don't think I've ever
2: been involved in anything directly, but then once in a while, like there's a story that I hear from somebody that I trust that I'm like, wow, that's so weird. Like my, uh, there's a guy that, that I work with and I, I think I've told this story before, but he was at his parents, his mom's house and she has a pool in the backyard and he's got a bunch of little kids and he said that they were like hanging out in the kitchen, talking and stuff. And he's like, all of a sudden was like, Where's so-and-so, the littlest one? And they're like, Oh, I think he's downstairs with the rest of the kids. And he's like, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think he is. And so he like got up and started looking around. He walked out in the backyard and it was wintertime, so they had the, the tarp over the pool, mm-hmm. but it had a bunch of water on top of it. Oh. he walks out into the backyard and his toddler is face down in the tarp completely unresponsive. So he like grabs him and pulls him out and his face is just blue. And he said, he like, he's like screaming and he, he calls his, his wife and his mom and they run out there and they're holding on to him and everybody's crying and they call 911. He takes off down the road to find like, to meet whoever comes from 911. Cause it's kind of out in the country. And there just happened to be like a cop that was close to there so he followed him back and they did CPR on the kid and he coughed up water and he was fine. He's like, dude, he goes, it, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know why I had that thought, but I was just like, something's wrong. Like he I, I haven't seen uh, I, I don't know what his kid's name is, but uh, that right. that's the kind of thing that almost has more weight for me, I feel like, than a lot of other things that I hear. I'm like, I don't I know you and I trust you. Right. There's just something about it that like sticks in my brain hearing a story like that. But I do remember hearing a lot of stories when I was younger. I feel like when you weren't allowed to watch movies and stuff, like one of the most exciting things was hearing like a missionary talk about like delivering people from demons or whatever in the bush. It's
0: great story. It's Christian
2: ghost stories.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, like what's not interesting about that, you know, to a kid or whatever, I think what's funny is like I don't look
1: at little I don't I believe in ghosts, but like yeah, yeah, he's like <laughs> let me he's trying to leave. But if you close that door all the way, Tori it'll be no, right. No, I there. didn't. I left it a little open. That was, I did, feel
0: like that little my little cats, little cats little just
1: door. hate closed doors. They're like, that door's closed, fuck that door. I'm yeah, I know. If it. I
0: have it closed, then she's just gonna fuck with it. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I like I don't think I believe in ghosts, but I know a lot of people who have very believable ghost stories and I believe their that their experience of the story and i'm like god that is so fucking crazy like i think i i believe in ghosts when i hear them tell them like i don't know what to say about i mean i your thumb like i have so a, fr- a friend of mine who was part of like the whole like charismatic christian thing that i did for a little bit when i was at liberty it was um he is now he I actually want to get. I, I I go back and forth about trying to get him on the podcast because he's a pastor at Elevation Church now, Stephen Furtick's church.
0: Oh, wow. um, I've seen like, him on Preachers in Sneakers sometimes.
1: Yeah, oh Stephen Furtick's up there, a good bet. It's total like, tool. cool. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm just like he he was a good friend of mine when I was there, and I like he was, I mean I'll he was so influential in my life. I owe a lot of like my development and my like growth mindset and my openness to new things and my getting out of that like conservative evangelical mindset to him, uh, to just him being a good friend, a good listener and someone who introduced me to new experiences that I could be open about. And so I, I don't have any negative things to say about it. And that's another reason I also feel weird about trying to get him. I don't want him to feel like he's being like used or right. Uh, like, I let's don't value
0: him Then we can make past.
1: It, yeah. Right. So, but I am like, I heard stories from him constantly and they would go to like IHOP. Do you know, did you know what IHOP was? International oh, house, yes. house like, of yes. prayer. Do you know like,
2: what IHOP is?
0: No,
1: sorry. Well, not you the don't.
0: Restaurant, like the, it's like, of the of, like a yes. Hillsong adjacent sort of like school yeah. or whatever. Oh.
1: Yeah. They had the international house of prayer. It was like a 24 yes. seven prayer house. And, and
0: they had like a lot of music that came out of it.
1: Yeah. They would do events. And so like these people would go and it's just like a bunch of people like getting slain in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Everyone's like doing Healing oh. services and shit like that, and like they would have so many stories. And It's like I can't, I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't not believe you. Like you're not a liar, and so like I don't know what to make of these like stories. And then, like my all, brothers yeah, have
0: it all be true at once, like you know what I and mean. It could
1: be like maybe there's maybe something's going on in this world that we live in where like sometimes shit gets better, and it
0: so weird it's, i like, like that it's just magic really, once you've seen the world one way it's really hard to like i don't know see it. Yeah. yeah
1: but my brothers i we visited my aunt's church once and um uh my brothers have cystic fibrosis oh. and huh. it, like that was just a normal part of our lives or my life having brothers with that but we so we we're like we're visiting and at the end of the service they like asked they'd like brought them up and try to heal to pray them. over my brothers to heal them of their cystic fibrosis. It pissed my mom off. Cause she was just like, fuck off. Like <laughs> just not, why you, she didn't believe in like that kind of healing shit anyway. So that was weird anyway, but then to just, I don't know. It's like play, praying for the blind girl. Right. It's like, it's like such a, it kind of demeans your lived oh, experience. Oh my gosh! So. And
0: it's like then it's just like you can't help but internalize. Like if I'm not believing correctly, or what can I do? Yes. What action steps can I take to like make this happen for me? Let's
1: get on a progress improvement plan, and we'll. Uh... <laughs>
0: uh Yeah, I mean, I know that girl is still blind to this day, but.
1: Well, maybe oh, man maybe you should pray over her one more time. With but maybe just put your thumb on her and maybe some of that like Dude,
0: this thumb transfer. is something <laughs> special. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this stuff, but it's something special.
2: <laughs> do you ever have somebody that you knew that would like constantly attribute things to God and it was like really annoying?
0: Oh yeah, like the parking space thing. Yeah, that's like my main like example of that. It was just like, wait a second, I'm, like You know, I think like Christianity, that kind of Christianity is so selfish. It's like so self-centered. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, very much like world is world literally is revolving around me. Like God is, you know, working together, everything for my good. You know what I mean? Like I am highly favored or whatever. It's very prosperity
2: gospel.
1: I set 15 alarms last night and for some reason, none, my, my charger accidentally fell out of, somehow fell out of the wall and then I didn't, my alarms didn't go off because my phone died. And then I woke up late and I, I had a job interview and I had been praying for that job interview. And I, I got in my car and I, I drove there as fast as I could and there, there was no parking anywhere. I was going to be late for that job interview. But then but right then. when I was turning a corner, someone backed out. And I pulled in and I made it to that job interview on time and I got the job.
0: That was was a
2: total God thing.
1: That is a
0: testimony. If I've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) one.
2: there's a guy that, uh, that I, I, I don't really know him anymore, but uh, I knew him through work and he was that guy. Like he just always had some sort of a story that was like very trivial and always about him. And it, you know, it was like somewhere along the line, he would like, give you the twist and be like, yeah, yeah, it is a God thing. It's a total God thing. And like, I remember he had like a pretty serious health care and he had been a smoker like his whole life, like heavy smoker. And he he was talking about it afterwards. And he was like, he goes, yeah, you know, uh, I was laying there in the hospital bed and, uh, you know, I prayed that uh, that God would deliver me from, From you know, this this smoking addiction that I have. And he's like, I haven't I haven't touched a cigarette since. And then like the guy that I knew that worked with him, he's like, Yeah, the doctor told him if he didn't stop, he would die. Like (laughs) he would die soon if he did not stop smoking. (laughs) Now he's like he's he's chalking it up to a miracle. (laughs)
0: to that so- and like
2: whatever hey good for you you quit smoking like if that's what you need then great it's just like coming from the guy that yeah the total parking space dude you're like ah, I, I can't listen to this anymore
0: did you guys <laughs> grow up like watching like televangelist on tv that would like it's something home. i
2: did
1: not do
0: okay so i did like as like a hobby like growing up like and they used to give about a lot more free shit but it's like, <laughs> like, like, but, you know, back in the day, but it's like, they would send me like all kinds of like, they had like little holy waters that you could like, you know, put on you and like make a miracle happen. You know what I mean? Like there's all oh these types God. of like small novelty items that they would I give you for it. free, um, you know, with the request for like a donation type of thing. But it's just kind of like, I mean, that was very much how it was. Like you could like have a miracle done like if you got it and got the holy water, then you would like go watch the televangelist later. And then you would like do the miracle, you know, very seancey wherever, but I had like a collection of stuff that I had gotten from televangelists. And I had like a book. It was like this, that, like it was like full of like brochures and stickers and posters and pamphlets and little novelty <laughs> items that I ordered from te- televangelists. Like I would like, <laughs> stay up late. And like I, my dad thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Cause he was a pastor at the time like would borrowed it out to one of his friends who really liked it. Cause it was a fucking museum practically. And I never got it back. And I still bring this up to my dad, like how that was like archival, like goods that he like, just like really. Oh lost.
1: my God. I'm so mad that you don't have that. Cause it's, I would ask you for a picture of every they just single they page don't of it. Stuff
0: like that anymore. Like, and first of all, I don't mean TV just isn't what it used to be. You know, it's like we yeah. of-
2: <laughs> dude. somebody, I was listening to something the other day for somebody and they were talking about how they like called kenneth copeland's hotline and mm-hmm. basically like can you send me more information and then they talked about just like the stream of stuff that came to their house from the <laughs> Co- kenneth copeland ministry maybe it was john oliver but mm-hmm. uh he was one of the best ones that he talked about was he got a uh, like a letter from them and you opened it up and there was a dollar inside and it was like It was like, you can keep this dollar or or you can can seed it back with 10 more or 100 more or whatever. And watch that, you know, watch that seed that you planted bear fruit. (laughs) It's like, that is That's exactly the type of
0: materials that I'm talking about. Like over time, you start to collect this type of stuff. I mean, it was a real sight to see. Okay, so y'all know, of course, like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, right? Oh, yeah, oh, we had
3: uh,
2: Jay Baker on the but show. Yeah,
0: so, oh, that's crazy. So I went to Jay's church for a little while because he had a church in Minneapolis in a bar. And when I was kind of in my seeking phase, I used to go there Um, and like it was like. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I went there. It was like literally in a bar like in Minneapolis. So I used to go there and I and I was really cool. Like I would get like a gin Bloody Mary and I would like it was like 30 minutes like max. The service was 30 minutes max. It didn't have any music. And there was like no extracurriculars, you know what I mean? There wasn't anything like, there was no community outside of it. It's kind of like, listen to Jay talking, he's pretty cynical, you know what I mean? Like 40 <laughs> minutes and like be like, what is life really? You know, and then like, we'd be like, all right, see you next Sunday, you know? And I would like offer to like be involved and I would offer to like, you know, be, you know, I, cause I wanted to be a part of it. I liked it, whatever it was, but it just, it wasn't really anything besides that 30 minute thing. So it was hard to be involved in. you yeah. know. But, um, but yeah, I don't have you guys seen that Tammy Faye, like movie that just came out? Yeah, I, I, I have not watched it. I liked it. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was like, yeah, I thought it was it depicted this the situation well, but yeah, the the lady
2: that was like, have, of her, was with that,
0: like fantastic sort of corn family sort of vibe, you know, like I relate with that scorn family vibe, you know, so I'm like it's
2: just like, yeah, you get that.
1: That's I totally life. get
0: it like. <laughs> But yeah, my yeah. favorite
2: uh televangelist is definitely Benny Hinn, though.
0: Oh, Benny, oh, oh man, I Benny, love it when he takes his YouTube jacket off Benny and ben beats Later. people
2: with the Holy Spirit.
0: Oh, dude, <laughs> have, have, you guys, have you guys been around like a lot of that stuff in person, or is that not really where this sort of scene you came from?
2: No, no. I would love to go. Oh, it'd dude, be so
0: fun was, to be in there. In that person. was my school, like, I mean, we had we, I've seen Benny Hinn and I've also seen like Creflo Dollar and like all the really. Oh yeah, we went to like a mega church. Like I went to private school in a mega church. It's called Living Word in Minneapolis and it's like I mean it was just like it was part of that circuit. I've seen Kenneth Copeland multiple times. Like <laughs> and so like my my mom or my best friend who I mentioned passed away, her mom used to like bribe us She'd be like I'll get you an iPad if you go to the whole weekend. Of Kenneth Copeland this weekend.
1: Oh right? my god! I'm like so iPod?
0: I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like strap in. Like we're gonna, we're gonna go and like watch the entire service and stuff. But I mean, like just like the whole like, I don't know. The, I think the craziest like spiritual thing that people do in that setting is like holy laughter. You know where it's like, <laughs> yeah. then, like that, like we're like, and they will just like start just cracking up for just so, and it's like. Like, this is one of those things where it's, like, people that didn't grow up like that, they don't, like, that's not, that would not be normal to them. Like, they would be running for the hills to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. That just was Did normal. you see
2: that in person? Did oh, they do the holy laughter?
0: I saw the holy laughter on a, on a fucking regular Wednesday. I just <laughs> Just any old Wednesday. Like,
1: yeah. It's, like, like, contagiousness to that kind of shit, too, though. Like, Of I, course, we're only
0: human. I mean, if somebody right. is, like, I mean, I... God I, that just that environment is just so insane and ridiculous it would
1: be crazy to go back to it like I think that's what I think of just the times that I end up in a, a more evangelical setting and I'm, I'm very far removed from them so when I when I find myself around it or in those conversations or adjacent to them I'm like oh wow like this I used to I used to do this all the time and it, it it's really like a smack to the face you you forget a little bit about what it's like and i feel like if i went back into a space like that like i can like i conceptualize it as comical almost but i feel like if i went there i would like my eyes would get wide my jaw would drop and i'd be like holy shit i forgot what this was like like wow What's this
0: it? is so culty like you know yeah like, yeah. yeah no definitely i I mean, it's the last time I really had to be in that environment was like, you know, at my friend's funeral. And I was just like, this is just so crazy. I've just, uh, you know, just have a lot of of memories sitting in that auditorium listening to someone like Benny Hinn or whatever. I mean, it's honestly interesting. I like to watch a good compilation of televangelists every now and then just to kind (laughs) of... Me too. Refresh myself. You got
1: to keep up with who the new one, the up and comings are too, right? It's I like... Mean,
0: uh, I haven't been. Is there is there like a like a really hot televangelist right now?
2: Oh, um, I don't that know. Angry, that angry conservative dude. That's
0: like Sean Foyt or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: He,
2: well, there's him. He
1: He's sucks. not really
0: <laughs> a televangelist. He's like, well, it's, it's the Instagram evangelist now. You yeah, know? the,
1: it's the I Christian, to, Christian... I had to Inst- unfollow to talk influencers.
0: Actually, it was my therapist recommendation that I unfollowed. Christian Nightmares and Sean Foyt for the same reason, essentially. Even though I love Christian Nightmares, it was like, I was starting to like trigger me. I was like, started like my girlfriend said, like, you got to stop watching all that Christian shit. It's probably over your head. Like, it's like, I'm like, I got to like, it's like, I like, I like following people like Sean Foyt or wherever however you say his name. Because I'm like, damn, like, he really. I don't
1: think Sean knows how you say his own last name. I know. He, I'm
0: like, I'm just like, I find it interesting known. to follow people like that because I'm like, you know, like,
1: and no matter what he tells you the pronunciation for his last name is, he's lying.
0: He's lying. I mean, he's, he's
1: <laughs> picking the one he likes the most. It's like
2: Foyt polled well.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but yeah, I had to stop because I'm like, dude, this actually does still actually like mess with me. Like hearing this kind of stuff on like a daily basis. or so like, I have to not like, I'm going to go back.
2: You know, for me, like, I think I can handle the, the videos and stuff. Like I can handle the actual content. It's when I start looking at the comments that's what gets to me. Where I get oh, feel yeah. I get to feeling like angry yeah. and cynical because it's just like I don't know. I'm always I always get in there and look at the comments and look at which ones have been upvoted the most, and I'm like,
1: hey Amen. Keep just, preaching the word, brother. Don't let everyone
2: get you down. It's like, oh, I mean, like uh, Christian nightmares comments. Oh. So, like, what about
0: the Christian Nymar's comments? Like what what type of comments are you thinking? Like, I don't
2: know, just like the the really like angry, cynical, oh, yeah. very well that's not actually funny.
0: And no, it's yeah. it's in there
2: 30 times. It's like it, that. It vibe. I don't know what I'm
0: about. There's that really angry, like I hate God sort of a vibe that is really not like you know the angle that I really take it. And that's that is part of it where it's like with with stuff like Christian nightmares or even like Eve was framed or whatever, just sort of just this like continual sort of like.
1: Eve was framed.
0: Do you, you, know, you know what Eve was framed is like, she's got, she's got a, is She's a, she's on TikTok and Instagram. Her, and she, oh, I'm actually
1: not familiar with this one. She
0: used to be really, she's, she's one of the, like the more popular, like kind of like challenging the Christian faith sort of people uh, that I've seen. But you know, it's very it's it's consistently very like cynical and very like upset about the way that the church has treated people. And that's fine. Um, but it's like that's kind of all it is, where it's like, you know, um, it's that vibe we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. That angry I, I, sort of and it just gets a little tiring for me. Um I
1: think what gets exhausting for me about it is like I can only take so much of the like you take the Bible literally. So, and then, but we're also going to respond to you as though that's like a legitimate take. And I, it's like, Oh, the look, the Bible actually says, and then you just read something shitty out of it and you're just like, it's just like that tit for tat of like, let's pretend that this is a, that this is the book that we were told it was instead of like, you know, a more progressive reading of it where you're just not even just reading a progressive reading of it, but like, you know when it's because it's always a grab from the Old Testament. Well, women are basically shit in the Old Testament. Here's where it says, and it just the trading of like Bible verses from a literalist perspective. And I get like what they're the doing. You're talking to someone who believes the Bible's literal, so you're you're presenting it on their ground. But I, I honestly, I do get a little tired of that because it's just like that is a fundamentalist evangelical thing to do. Like if you're talking to the Jews about their like Jewish communities about like how they view their book. It's not the way Christians view it. Christians have basically just like stolen their religion in a sense, right. <laughs> their, their religious book. I'm not saying it can't be like, you know, added context to the Christian Bible, but it's like, come on, like it's not yours. It's not the Christian. That's not your Bible Christian. So I, I think that's what I get exhausted with the most is just like, it just kind of like shits on it. It's an indirect shit on Judaism a lot. when huh. you are just like, I think Judaism like has a a lot. There's probably fundamentalist sects of that too. But like for the most part, I think you know you look like rabbis have some pretty cool and interesting takes on the evolving like their evolve oh, the yeah. evolution of faith well, over. Too bad they're going to have well,
0: It's really too bad.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I know it sucks. It's gonna be <laughs> yeah, pretty hot down Catholics, there. Catholics, right? They had a
0: lot of good things to say, but just wasn't gonna cut it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> And Jesus was one of them, but I like, mean, luckily, Jesus he was just also as mad gone.
0: about it as we are. You know what I mean? It is out of his control.
1: Like, Jesus is the only Jew that's not in hell. I don't know if you knew
2: that.
0: Yeah, it's really upsetting. It's really a hard pill to swallow, but that's just the way that it is.
2: Yeah. I well, think I hate debate at this point. Like yeah, anything yeah. that turns into a debate, I'm just like, I. Do, what are we doing?
0: To me, like, yeah, you're just
2: jerking think each other off. Like right. neither you, neither one of you is scoring points, even though you well, think actually, you are. Like it's just your sir, your group patting you on the back for your hot takes and you know your your shot across the bow that you fire. Like it's just such a waste of time. Like yeah. you want to get in there and poke some fun and like I don't know then sure go for it but like the yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna outwit you with your own book sort On of an thing. instagram comment <laughs> yeah fair. nobody wins nobody wins so why are <laughs> we doing this
0: well and that's the thing is like it doesn't really bother me that people still believe that way it doesn't bother me that i have people in my life that believe that way like i don't you know it's like i don't really care to really discuss it you know I don't it doesn't bother me that people feel that way and it's like you know sometimes you know I still have people in my life that like perceive me as some type of way because I'm gay right and that's weird to me you know what I mean but it also doesn't really doesn't really bother me like it took me a long time to come to terms with it and I think there are actually people in my life that love me that like you know like love the sinner I hate the sin type of thing like they love me even though slash in spite of the fact that i'm gay and i have this like big scarlet letter but they love me and hope that like i'll still end up making it to heaven and it's like at the end of the day it's like i know that they actually really believe that and that is like what they see me through the lens they see me through and that really doesn't that honestly does not bother me um that people I think that's that says awesome. a lot about you
1: that says a lot about you because i know that's not the same that's not the same for everyone not everyone necessarily has to Who am I to say how people have to feel? But I think that's a lot about you and the way that you've uh, processed a lot. Cause it's, that's not like, I have a hard time even with just like people who are like, you know, as soon as you're not like someone's ideal or just, just someone's general version of Christian anymore, it's like, they look at you with those, like through that Uh, lens of like, Oh, you're not, I'm. I swear to God, it's like for anyone who might be misunderstanding, this is listening. I'm not trying to do like some car- comparative suffering to, uh, well, some people don't think I'm a Christian. That's like the same as oh. being
0: the, <laughs> no. what people
1: go through when they're gay. But, no
0: it's, no, like, but it, it, no, it's it's a similar sort of a thing in that sense where it's like, there's just kind of like all different types of people exist in my life and, and in your life. Or it's like, oh, okay, well, we don't, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just like. I don't see it as that much different than anybody having any other type of belief system. I, I did like participate in that one at one point, like and I've kind of thought myself out of it, but I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Like, I just think that that's fine. You know, like I always say it's just like, you know, like Christianity is a lot like Lord of the Rings or something you know what i mean it's like people really think like if we don't fucking make it like you know to mordor like you know like and put this ring in the fire then it's like everyone's gonna fucking die you know it's like it's like it's stressful to have that perception and it's like for the people that do that like really believe that like hey like if my friend that i love is gay then they're not gonna make it into heaven it's like that's a stress that they're carrying around you know what i mean and like you know that's if people really actually believe in christianity like they say that they do like then it would be really Lord of the Rings ish, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, but I don't think a lot of people actually do because if they did, they wouldn't be just like comfortable with the lives that they were living because everyone that they know and everyone that they've ever worked with or whatever was like going to burn eternally.
2: Yeah, it's like a it's like a a worldview that you engage when when it's convenient,
0: convenient for you, right? As long as which it's is the same convenient. thing that
2: we we all right. do.
0: Exactly. I mean, so it's just, it, as much as it's annoying and frustrating, this like subculture of Christianity, it's also it's just also very human. And just like this is like desire for control and understanding. And it's just like, it has a lot of different faces. And it's just like, oh, so human. So that's what doesn't bug me about it. It's like, you're all just trying to see the world in a way that makes you feel good. And that's fine.
3: Yeah,
2: I think I definitely like have some empathy for people too. that. Because I, I just think like, man, I mean, 15 years ago, I thought a lot of things. I mean, I thought differently about a lot of things that I think now, but I also thought some really stupid things that are just objectively stupid, you know, religious <laughs> or not. Like, right. And, and so, like, I don't know to think that you're like, I feel like you have to keep that in mind sometimes when you're talking to people or you're, you know, when you get frustrated with them is like, I used to be a much different person. This person, could be a much different person years from now, or maybe that, but ultimately it comes down to like, are they treating the people around them with respect? You know, I mean, some people have really backwards beliefs, but they're still respectful and kind to the people around them. And I feel like sometimes that's the best you can hope for with people. It's like the end goal can't be to completely eradicate like this These types of ideas or this type of belief system, because it's not realistic, you know. But like, if everybody could just be respectful of the people around them, that would be a pretty good start, you know. And then ruin their
1: lives when you vote. That's save the life ruining for the way you vote, guys. Come on. (laughs)
0: Well, if it were so, you know, if it wasn't life or death, Casey, then they would be able to be polite about it, you know. But that's kind of the way that you know. That's kind of what it is. It's just like tough love you know in the name of you know saving your soul or whatever yeah Yeah.
2: i have to confront you because if i don't you'll go to hell
0: yeah so this this
2: is love a
0: lot of pressure to put on you know a 12 year old you know that it's just like all your friends around you if you don't tell them what they need to know like they like they'll have an unending thirst you know they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth and you're
1: like it's so dark
0: it's so dark so i don't know i mean well let's uh let's
1: spin to a lighter note um, and uh with a, a few minutes we've got left talk about your music
0: oh yeah so like my music plug yourself my music stuff i guess i go by uncle t that's my artist name that came from just like me being like i don't know having a lot of crushes on a lot of my friends and like they would say I would you know I always had like an uncle vibe where it was just like I like, <laughs> everything I said like kind of sounded like I was like hitting on people but really I was just like genuinely being nice and so they used to just call me Uncle T like that's a joke and uh so then I don't know I don't know, I really always wanted to be a rapper. It was kind of a random thing. I didn't get into rap till I was like twenty-seven. Like I said, I started going to open mics and stuff and I don't know. I ended up like starting my own hip hop show back back home. I, I had that, I ran that for a few years.
1: Is this in Philly or in Minnesota? This
0: was in Minnesota. So um so i like really before like in twenty twenty I was like living like only a few blocks where George Floyd from where George Floyd was killed. So like I was just like living in this like war zone with like you know oh, wow yes. and all kinds of burning buildings it was, it was just insane um but that kind of propelled me to like being able like willing to like um to move but also just like um you know just like it was a whole like reset mentally or whatever and I was kind of just ready to get out of Minnesota and not because of that situation necessarily but it's kind of a side note but anyways in the past couple years I decided to kind of become a singer um because it was kind of like that next level of like vulnerability so um yeah, I've been taking voice lessons and stuff. I'm kind of started just started like a band here in Philly. So I've been working with this like band for the last year. Oh, cool. So we just started like performing live out here. Philly is a much higher skill like music scene than Minnesota. Um, but we have like a lot of cool music in Minnesota. But it's just like Philly is just a bigger city, a bigger music scene. So it's been really like it's been really sick. Then I my, have oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, my uh the Minnesota hip hop scene for me was like I did the whole like Atmosphere found the doom tree kind oh, yeah. of shit oh nice and uh it was just like oh yeah that's got and then you just keep yeah and then you like and it kind of expands from there but um i think some of the stuff like so just listen to some of what you have up on youtube and stuff i was like oh this is like that kind of like the dessa vibes you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah i don't I've know if you're familiar before. yeah i've got yeah. that before i would say dessa you know um She's a little wholesome for me, I guess. Um, I but she's she's a great artist. Um, and definitely has a big like name for herself. I guess I've kind of like I've kind of shifted a little bit. Um, just like musically speaking, so it'll be interesting. Like the next time I kind of come out with some music and stuff. But yeah, no, it's cool. I I I've, I've been going at it for about five years now. So nice. I feel like my next thing once I'm like tired of music, I'll probably you know transition to comedy. I think that's like my next venture that I'd like to take on. And then yes. I have like a little, yeah, I have like a little business. I run like a seasoning salt business. That that's kind of takes up a lot. Yeah. Of
2: what side hustle, right? Side
0: hustle salt. Yeah, that's. So I've been running that like as kind of like um like a combo to my music for the past few years. So selling seasoning salt. Um, and that's been really cool. It's actually like it sometimes keeps me busier than I can you know, can handle because I have a full-time job too. So I, I, um, I stay pretty busy.
3: Yeah.
1: What got you into doing, like, why were you like, I want to do seasoning salts?
0: Um, because I love salt and I was addicted to salt. I've always been addicted to salt. And like, I just feel like it's kind of a random merch item that like nobody else would have. So I just like concocted some seasoning salt blends and, you know, decided to sell them. And it's, it's really cool. I would love to do it like more full-time. I mean, I, I've had a career working with like the homeless community for like a decade now. So I have, I like managed like three different housing programs for homeless men and women. So that's oh, like, awesome. my regular day job is like pretty taxing. Um, yeah. And then I have like a lot of just, I do a lot of stuff with music. So I have like a couple of rehearsals a week. I have like, lessons, lessons every week. So I just like, you know, I, I'm trying to just like, stay within my capacity. But if I could snap my fingers, I would just be like, own like a seasoning salt empire and just like not. work. <laughs> yeah, <you're
2: laughs> so it's like midlife Molly.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, somewhere in my future, it would be awesome, but it's like kind of doing music and running a business. is like a kind of a lot. Like music is like kind of a, Oh yeah. It's kind of a bigger, it's more important to me. So do I you
1: sell your salts at your merch tables.
0: I do. I mostly sell nice. myself online. And I'm honestly mostly sell salt. My salt to people. I don't even know. Like I, I don't know who, like, who orders my salt most of the time. It used to start as, like, a friend thing, but it's, like, um, yeah, it does pretty well. It's it's a little bit, um, it's a weird business. I think that's why it works for me. And then my twin, Riley, she has a she has a company, too. It's called Bitch Botanicals. She makes herbal products, like, all homemade, like, herbal stuff, like, lotion and oil and all that stuff.
1: Did <laughs> oh, so, you say that was Bitch Botanicals? Bitch
0: Botanicals, yeah. So, we got Bitch <laughs> Botanicals inside us of salt. We're, like, we're Capricorns or something or like (laughs) starter uppers or something like that.
2: Well, I get to listen to a little some of your music and uh, your videos are really cool. Oh, yeah, like high production quality. They look great. Thanks. Yeah,
0: no, I've I've been lucky to work with some cool, some cool artists. I think that's like the best thing about making music is like just like the collaborative art that you can make with people like, you know, just like the cover art and like the visual stuff. And like just all that's like really uh, I don't know, it's really fun. So I just yeah, I just played a couple shows like like in Philly and in New York last weekend. They were pretty cool. They just kind of like getting my feet wet with this little band that I'm in. It's so, like I'm excited to see where where we kind of go with it.
2: But I'm always curious okay when people like with with musicians like what uh who are like your favorite artists like right now? Who who are you listening to? Who who's the most inspiring and doing the most interesting things. And I think you mentioned Kanye before the episode started. So you can maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, some don't others. associate me with him <laughs> right now in this <laughs> climate. Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, actually, I really primarily listen to R&B music. I really like, I'm all about singing right now. Um, honestly, my favorite artist is probably this artist called Looney. Um, she's really sick. You should check her out. But I don't know. I listen to, you know, a lot of kind of like, uh, like, I guess, like, I don't know, literally like modern R&B music that, you know, I also, I guess my favorite like person that I've been inspired by is really Mac Miller. I think like, especially when I was rapping, I was like, that was kind of like my rap vibe or whatever was like Mac Miller, but you know, in the end of his life, you know, the last couple albums he had it was like very much singy rappy kind of like mixtures. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a broad question. I, I, I have a hard time even giving more examples because it's just so broad. I really only listen to R&B music and I really like Looney. You should check her out. But I don't know. It's just so vast. I like a lot of different types of music. The band that I've been playing in, we we play like you know a little bit of country music. We do like some, I don't know, some really interesting like 2000s like pop music covers and stuff, which have been really fun. But yeah. Do you have uh
1: do you have an idea of when you'll have some new music to put out or is it? Kind oh of yeah, TV yeah. To
0: definitely. So I just put out like an EP like just like a couple of months ago that I worked on like all this year. Um and that was called Eastbound. But um yeah, I'll definitely have something out by like the winter time. But I don't know, I'm really growing in this city. This city like really made me level up. I like I didn't play an instrument before I moved here no i got like a keyboard and a guitar like a pa system and stuff i used to just rap over tracks and stuff like philly has definitely upped my my game yeah. in, in a lot of ways
1: you got a good setup behind you right now
0: yeah no it's nice um yeah i mean i just i live in like a row home like all the third floor so when we do like gigs like we had to like haul all this shit like down three flights of <laughs> so i'm just like this this city man like uh, Do you have the
1: people below you ever just like hit the ceiling with a I
0: don't have anyone below. Roof? So it's like a row home. So it's like, it's kind of like those San Francisco houses in full house. You know what I mean? It's like thin. Uh, okay. And it's like, each floor is not really that big, but like there's four floors technically. Jeez. It's just like, you know, this is the oldest city in the country. It's like...
2: Very distinct, Philadelphia. Distinct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lots of rats and roaches and needles and stuff.
2: <laughs> well, that's why you have a cat.
0: Yeah, that's why, yeah. the Yeah, the needles, definitely.
2: Well, where can people find you online?
0: Um, That's a great question. Well, I have a website, hellounclet.com And then I have an Instagram, your.uncle.t And that's pretty much, you know, where you can find the rest of my stuff. And all my all my music is just under Uncle T. I think I'm the number one Uncle T on Spotify, but there's a couple other Uncle T's on there. There is like a French artist named Uncle T, but I don't think he has as many listeners as me. So I think I'm at the top.
2: Yeah,
1: uh,
0: oh, I'm, I'm going places. Clearly,
2: hey, we're really? the we're the number one growing up Christian. We beat out at least one other.
0: No, yeah, Is at there least not one there, other. Really, another growing up Christian. Yeah, it
2: seems like it's some lady's like spoken word diary or something like oh. that. She doesn't do it very often.
0: It's tough out here. You got to get your trademark. I got my salt business trademarked. I didn't realize like that. It took like a whole year, like because they had to give people like a chance to contest it and stuff. Whoa. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting.
1: Oh, We should try the trademark route.
0: Yeah, you should. Yeah. So how many episodes have you guys done now?
3: Oh, Uh,
2: uh,
1: well, we're going to release
2: uh, episode 100 next week.
0: That's crazy.
2: Which
1: will be uh, earlier when this comes out. But (laughs) yeah, as the time of recording this uh, next week will be episode 100.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Tori, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for spending some time yeah, with us.
0: Definitely. I appreciate the conversation. It was it's good to go back to those places in my mind a little bit. Back to our roots. I sleep just so peacefully thinking about the end of the world. I'm like, am I sure i believed, <laughs> or am I not? I don't. I'm still really figuring that out.
2: Just, <laughs> just like every time you close your eyes for the next week, it's just going to be Kenneth Copeland laughing hysterically.
1: No,
0: that's... It is Halloween, so.
2: And he's a
1: terrifying man. (laughs) I'm surprised you can't just buy more masks of him at, like, Kmart
2: or some shit.
0: I mean, there's there's always the online marketplace.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.